podcast which you are about to listen to is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of four youths, Amon, Andrew, Jet, and Patrick. It is all the more tragic in that they were young, but had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. There was language and content that may not have been suitable for younger audiences. Spoilers for anime were brought up like they were common knowledge. Opinions that reflected the views of the individual participants and not the Dub Talk podcast as a whole were expressed. For them, an idyllic spring recording session became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of anime history. Good evening, listeners, and welcome to a very special episode of Dub Talk. Uh, for we we are we are coming upon an episode that is years in the making, and by years in the making, I mean years of me delusionally fantasizing about it happened until it actually happened, and I was I was more shocked than anyone uh, because tonight uh, we're recording a, a a small obscure indie anime you may have heard of. It's called Chainsaw Man. It was. Marginally popular recently. It came out. Caused a few waves. Maybe just a little. Uh, and, uh, you know, just a little. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, I think I vaguely remember that, too. Yeah, it's, 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 got, it's got a little bit of legs on it. It wasn't immediately forgotten after the season ended. Only a little. Uh, I'm sure little. nobody has any strong feelings or opinions about this series at all. No. No, no, no idiotic petitions were started about it. No, Siri, Bob. It, we're just, None. this is going to be a quick episode, in and out, 30 minutes. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe our record for shortest episode. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, this obscure little show got a dub. And uh, we are going to talk about it. And by we, I mean uh, me, Amon, I'm your host for this evening. And joining me uh, from left to right on my screen, we have Andrew. Howdy there. Uh, Jet. Chainsaw. 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 <laughs> it's it's very funny to me that that music doesn't actually show, show, I'm, show I'm, itself. I'm, it's just for the trailer. Yeah, I'm so upset that wasn't the show. It's too on the nose. Because, <laughs> you know, the show's extremely subtle. Uh, and Patrick. Game on in the name of Devil. Dave on in the name of Devil. Dave on in the name of Devil. Okay. If, if, if there hasn't been at least one uh, metal show poster that has stolen some clip art from Chainsaw Man already, I'll be shocked. Shocked. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about the dub produced by Crunchyroll for Chainsaw Man. Uh... Hi, listeners. This is Amon from uh, after we recorded this episode. Uh, I forgot to give you a description of what Chainsaw Man is about. So on the off chance you don't know what Chainsaw Man is about, here's a description from Crunchyroll's website. Denji is a young boy who works as a devil hunter with the Chainsaw Devil, Bochita. One day, as he was living his miserable life trying to pay off the debt he inherited from his parents, he got betrayed and killed. As he was losing his consciousness, he made a deal with Pochita and got resurrected as the Chainsaw Man, the owner of the Devil's Heart. Shit goes wild from there. Uh, keep your ears peeled for a joke we make later about how I forgot to do this while we were recording the episode. See you then. Bye. Back to your regularly scheduled program. Now, I, I realize Chainsaw Man is new because it's only, what, four years old at this point? 
somewhere in the whereabouts. Yeah. Um, I know. I know. I know. Andrew and Jeff, both of you, both of you are reading it currently. When when did you get into it? Were, were you, did you start? Were you there at the beginning, or did you like pick it up later? I was uh, there at the beginning. I think because that because that was they started Chainsaw Man like right as we uh, as Shonen Jump was starting their new method. No, I, I, so I, I got a subscription to read Chainsaw Man, because I've been on the fence for years because I didn't read anything regularly enough to make that whole digital magazine thing worth it. I would basically have to like sit on it for four months until, you know, the My Hero print publication caught up with it. Um, so I basically, out of excuse, I got it, and literally the the next week they announced they were going to be switching to the a la carte method that they do now. Uh, wow. Uh, meanwhile, I'm just that guy who's been subscribing to a job, uh, I think probably since, since the tail end of the print run, so, uh, the idea is to say I was on Chainsaw Man from the beginning. So, I actually kind of have a funny story with my relationship with Chainsaw Man. Um, Do tell. So, I had been subscribing to Weekly Shonen Jump for a while, and... Mm. I kept seeing messages on Twitter one week about, oh hey, um, so where did the where did this chapter of Chainsaw Man go? I can't find it in the app. I can't find it in the app. No. And it's just like, oh, for some reason this is now online only. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna go online. I'm gonna take a look at this chapter and I'm gonna see what it's all about. I see what this is all about now. So, nothing... uh, Okay. And I'm not going to give any of you listeners context. If you know, you know. Part of me wants to say it. Part of me doesn't. It doesn't really matter to the actual story, but it's just... When given the chance... To get a color page, two-page spread in Weekly Shonen Jump, which is kind of like a big fucking deal in the magazine. One of Chainsaw Man's craziest color two-spread pages is like, how the fuck did you get away with this? How? Uh, I, uh, I mean, I, uh, honest, uh, I mean, it's wild, but honestly, it is not the... It is not the most uh, suggestive cover to be a jump, I will say that. I believe that. It's still just like a wow. Is it suggestive? It, like, I feel like little. suggestive involves a level of coyness. Okay, okay, I mean, okay, I mean, I, no, I, I'm saying suggestive because I don't want to, like, spoil it for <laughs> anyone who's, spoil it for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I do. I do have a question for you, gentlemen. On that note, before we continue on, yes. What what are what are the odds that like the when when they get to that in probably season two? What are the odds that the ED is going to be centered around that bit oh. for that episode? Oh, I would almost, almost guarantee it. Christ. Okay. Anyways. For... <sighs> yes. Uh, so we will be talking about the full season that has come out. We will generally avoid talking about uh, stuff that has not been adapted, with the caveat that three-quarters of us do read the series regularly, and it might just pop out because uh, we've read it. Like, we know it's going to happen. I'm 
I, I will try not to spoil it for you nice people who just want to watch a cartoon and not worry about all this spoiler nonsense. I, I also, I'm also of the opinion that it's like, I don't like playing. For those who, who know me, one of the things that annoys the shit out of me the most is the uh, conversation about the manga versus the anime, a.k.a. This is stuff that was sped over. This was stuff that was anime original. This was stuff that they cut out. Blah, 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 blah. This is going to be especially relevant for tonight's discussion of the Chainsaw Man anime for a variety of reasons. But I also want people to experience the anime as it is in the format it is in and of itself. And as far as the actual quality of the anime itself... It's still really fucking good. I'm a big fan of the Chainsaw Man manga. This anime is still really good. It is still worth watching. You can absolutely recommend this to somebody without having to touch the manga. It's not a problem. It's fucking fine. It's fucking fine. All you goddamn weirdos bitching about it need to shut up. The manga is still there, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, we begin with that, huh? As a uh, yeah, as a person who uh, yeah, as a person who has definitely complained about adaptations before, uh, yeah, uh, Chainsaw Man is real good. Uh, I'm being way too weird about this. It's really good, like really, really good. And that's we like kind of insane the amount of detail they're giving to like a jump adaption. Like y'all are being extremely spoiled right now. Do you know how frustrating it is that I have to defend Mappa? <laughs> you fuckers <laughs> suck. <laughs> uh, up, up is down and black is white. It's like... <laughs> if there is any studio in the anime industry that does not deserve to get its dick sucked, it's MAPPA. And now here I am having to at least pull the pants down and consider it. Because y'all motherfuckers won't be weird. You won't stop being weird on the internet. Because they did it like a movie instead of an anime. Shut the fuck up. A, a true testament to how warped so much online anime discourse is in of itself. Movies are good. They're a good thing to be inspired by and rip off. I I can't I can't stand people that look at this one deciding. Hey, you know what we should do on this? We should we should steal that bit from Evil Dead where Sam Raimi follows the car along like the roof so that the camera's turned upside down when it's going away for you. That's that looks cool. We should steal that. And people are like, that's not how it works in the manga. And it's like, you you hurt me. Okay, I I need to Go applaud home. you for a second because you did a really good Homer Simpson for like two to three seconds. That was impressive. Not not not, not strictly what I was aiming for, but that's where it ended up. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. I was also thinking of Homer because uh, Patrick's uh, Discord PFP is just Homer falling <laughs> over a trash can. It is. Brings me joy whenever I see Anyways, it. I guess it's good to kind of rip that band-aid off early because I want to talk about the actual things that make this dub and show worth talking about. So let's get into that. Let's. Absolutely. Uh, so we have a dub, obviously, and if you're making a dub, you need staff to make the dub. And uh, boy, do we have a staff today, folks. Uh, on ADR direction. To the surprise of no one. Because, of course, he got this. It's Mike McFarlane. 
What has Mike McFarlane done? Pick a big show from the Funimation Crunchyroll universe. There's probably about a 50% chance he directed it. Uh, he's, he's, he's leading Attack on Titan all these years. Uh, he did Tokyo Ghoul, which feels appropriate given what happens in this show. Uh, he did Mushishi, which I'm a big fan of. He's done Cheeky. He's done so many goddamn things. Uh, well, which is important to how this stuff got made, which we'll talk about later. And on script writing duties, we have Jessica Slyes. Uh, she's written a bunch of interesting things. Uh, she's the writer on uh, Kaguya-sama, Love is War. She wrote Requiem of the Rose King. Uh, she wrote uh, Subuki Bisco, which at least a few of us, I think, talked about how great that was like a year or so ago, something like that. Eight months? I don't hey, remember. Yeah. What is time? I love the way you pronounce uh, things, just because I never know what I'm going to get. I'm 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 really good at almost knowing how Japanese is supposed to be pronounced, except when I'm put on the spot to actually say it into a microphone, and then suddenly it gets difficult. It's really annoying. <laughs> I said what I said. Red hair, sand, mushrooms. You know what I'm talking about. No, actually, I, I was no Thank no. You. I was more making fun of the fact that you called Kaguya-sama Kaguya-sama, which made me which made me think of Maguzi, which. Do you remember Maguzi? <laughs> I do remember Maguzi. That's what you watched Code Lyoko on. It was that weird, uh, slightly younger audience aged replacement. Was it a replacement? It was Tsunami a direct replacement for Tsunami. Yeah. It? Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yes, uh, I do. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, was a big, I was a big Code Lyoko fan, so uh, yeah, I watched a lot Tsunami of Tsunami moved to Saturdays at that point and then died. And then came <laughs> back, and now it's been going for like a good decade now, which is wild. Wacky. All right, gentlemen. Do you want do you want to talk about the staff on this dub? I would I mean, like uh, to talk about the staff. It's on this Mike dub. McFarland. Like, is there really anything bad you could say about a Mike McFarland dub? I, uh, I feel like okay. How do I describe this? I think there's there can be a difference between competently put together and putting your best foot forward. I think mm -hmm. there is a difference between the two. And this one is definitely putting your whole fucking foot forward. In general. Mm -hmm. This dub. It good. Mm -hmm. It's very, very good. I think one of the most interesting things is that you can kind of tell, as we were saying, Jed, I think there's a difference between a Mike McFarlane dub that is competent but more or less going to the flow and putting your best foot forward and giving it a fucking uh what's a good way to put this i'm really trying not to use any variation of ussy right now and i need somebody to help me and stop me from doing it yeah. uh, i mean i mean i don't okay okay well no i mean i don't want to say more Passion, because that's definitely not the right thing. Because, but that's not because, because Mike McFarland is a very professional director. I don't believe he, he does anything half-hearted. But this is definitely like, you can tell this was a big project that he wanted to do right, and it really shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think what you I think what you get off to McFarland is there's stuff that he's put on, or you know he's been doing this a long time. He's a professional. He's gonna turn in good work, kind of regardless. There's definitely stuff he does because, you know, that's his job. He's been hired to do it. He's not going to, like, if he doesn't have his reputation, what does he have? He's not going to fuck it up. And then there's stuff he gets puts on that's like, I like this. 
I care about this. I want this to be good. Uh, and I'd say this definitely falls on the good side of it. Like, there's a... There is so much fucking work on screen. Or on... On stereo? On audio? Yes. Yes. This 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 whole this whole show oozes passion in the first place, and that definitely comes across on the dub side of it too. And I love the fact that he can just kind of it almost feels like instinctively nail that sort of grindhouse feel that obviously Fujimoto was going for with the manga, which translated into the anime. I mean, just look at the OP and you can you can see all of Fujimoto's influences, like, right there. And, like, Mike McFarlane was able to take that and translate it. Feels like pretty much one-to-one, even though, obviously, different dialogue coming out of the character's mouth. So, uh, uh, Speaking of dialogue, I do want to praise Jessica's script. I do think she does a really solid job with her material, because, like, we're not going to sit here and say, like, Fujimoto stuff is, like, hard to translate, because it's as a, as a, uh, as a, I mean, he, I mean, he's kind of a grindhouse guy, so like, but like, so, so a lot of his dialogue isn't, you know, like super difficult to parse or anything. But his stuff does seem to be like pretty bombastic, and that can be kind of hard to nail down. But I think he does a really good job with it. I think it's not that anything is particular. Here, here's what it is about like Fujimoto writing. It's, it's not that the words are particularly complex it's that it needs the sincere heart while also kind of being absolutely batshit insane and deranged and honestly Jessica's writing is you it's interesting in the fact that I think it's got a right level of like flavor and spice to it. I think more than I was kind of expecting from something like this. Not that not that I <laughs> didn't think that there was going to be some spice, but I almost thought like it was too big that you couldn't let somebody really play around with either the <laughs> prose or the dialogue in unique ways. Oh yeah, I do. Oh yeah, I get what you're saying. Because this doesn't seem like this sort of thing Rat Cartero would play like very safe in terms of script adaptation, and uh, it's uh, so as, and it's not. It definitely knows where to be fun, and uh, even going back to Beckley Forward's direction, there's definitely some so, uh, there's definitely some fun bits in the direction that you really feel like you that really feels that I'm really shocked they got away with in terms of uh, just everything. I was not like, expecting uh, like, like I saw someone uh, mention it before, but like there's an exchange uh, later on the show between. Uh, Denji and Himeno, where, like, Himeno asks Denji, like, if he's into Makima, and just, the way he says yes is just, like, yes. <laughs> I really make, I really makes it got away with that. I, I, like, that's as much as the actor's delivery as it is just the correct level of, like, oh, you are a strange, horny little gremlin child. It's just, like, yes. I actually love how anachronistic this dub feels because this Ooh. is a show that is supposed to be set in like the mid 90s uh, and you would yes um, and you would you would expect like modern slang being stuck in there not to work it would feel like it would feel like a Stephen Foster dub high school of the dead oh but it doesn't <laughs> oh 
Wow, you just went straight for the juggler there, huh? You went straight for the Sarah Palin-sized jugular. Ah. Like, it feels like it fits. Like, especially the yee kind of thing. Denji uses murderize in several scenes and contexts, and it works. You, you know what I you know what occurred to me while we were talking about this that I think maybe at least I think on the direction side might help explain why this works so well. Yeah. Hmm. I don't I don't know how old Mike McFarlane is. I wasn't able to find like you know his, his birthday or whatever. But apparently he got in the industry when he in the late nineties, so he was at least an adult then. And it occurs to me, Mike McFarlane is the exact correct age to be one of those dudes who, like, saw the Quentin Tarantino revolution happen in real time. Mm. Ooh. I was like, I, I don't know if you, because, like, if, if you at home are younger than this, I really cannot overstate what a fucking sledgehammer Reservoir Dogs was to American cinema at the time. The number of Tarantino knockoffs we got from, like, the mid-90s up to... They never technically stopped, they just mutated a little bit, but, like, it's hard to articulate that to someone who post-states that happening. And, like, if, if there's a person I think of as, like, Fujimoto feels like, it's Tarantino just on that basis of, like, this is a dude who lives in a fucking video store, and he exists in movies, and that he is soaking in it at all times. And so much of what his deal is is just that. And it's like, lowbrow, highbrow, I don't give a shit. If it's, if it's good, that's all I care about. It's so uh, and there is a there's something about this that feels like you know it is punchy and it has f bombs but it feels okay. like it's like I'm not going for shock value or anything I am I I'm putting an f bomb here because that is the thing that is what this character would say okay we need to talk about that because that yep. is something the manga shit I don't even think the Japanese has the good I, I, power. Of a correctly placed F-bomb. And you know, an interesting tidbit is, like, if you hear director, uh, ADR directors for anime at convention panels, and I think a couple of DVD commentaries, they will say, yeah, the, the Japanese rights holders do not like it when we put F-bombs in the dub, so we typically don't. Like, even the ones that should be able to get away with it. I think I remember, uh, I, I remember talking to, like, Madeline Morris in regards to, like, Girlfriend, Girlfriend or something, where it's like, it is extremely hard and very uncommon to actually get the permission to use F-bombs in a dub, even if it would work. Because probably just a lot of rights internal stuff. It works for Chainsaw Man. Like, I cannot... I cannot highlight how good the first F-bomb usage is, because it is the fake... It, okay, it's not fake, but... It is the fake bravado of... Man, that sucks about your cat, though. Um, I'd maybe get it if it was a dog, but... I don't know, sucks to suck, dude. Hey, if you help save my cat, um, you can touch my tits. And then you just... You see the epic moment forming in his brain, and he's like, That fucking asshole! And then he's just like, I'm going to... He's, like, building up the cool guy moment in his head, and it's just like, that's such a good time to use it! You think, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, personally, I think my favorite uses of it, even though it is kind of like a... Even though it is in what would be an otherwise extremely problematic moment. I was like, I was like, I went... 
Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! The guy animating that entire Himino sequence was animating with one hand, I swear to god. I, I remember watching that for the first... Actually, no, because I... It, it it dropped while I was at work, so I definitely saw a couple of screenshots before I actually got to watch the episode. But I was like, wow, the he wow, the Himino fans are feasting to Jesus Christ. Like I'm not I'm not used to something this expensive being this shameless. Ain't it like, great? That, I feel like that doesn't happen in anime. No. So not this is not I think this comes in the dub, but so much what I love about this is that this this show feels like it should have been Sam had all of its edges sandblasted off in the transition to the anime just because of how much money was riding on the line. And it's wild that so much of it feels like the money people, the executives that usually make this shit difficult, just let go for a while and let them do things. Mm. And it all worked out for the better. So, I think as far yeah, as, like, the... Mm? Like, like, the thing mm. I like about it is it, it definitely felt like the people who were... Because I, if I recall correctly, MAPPA pretty much self-financed this show in order to make it the way they wanted to make it. In so theory, it was, yes. So it was just like they were telling their animation teams, you know what? You know what? Pop off, my friend. Pop off. Which and they did. This is completely unrelated to anything regarding either the directing or the writing of this particular project. Mm-hmm. I joked and said I would go off for a few minutes doing my best-to-worst Chainsaw Man EDs. Do you want to do this now? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Okay, I literally wrote this out, by the way. Um, so, worst, the worst one is episode 6. Which is the most... It's just a bunch of manga panels. It's like a manga music video. It's fine, it's whatever. Song's not bad, but it's a very kind of uninspired one visually i think the other one i have is at, near the bottom is episode twos which is a good it's cute visuals and the song's not bad but compared to some of the things that come after it gets it, it's they they're they're clear they're ahead of the mark episode one it's not it, it's not that it's bad it's that the the bar is very high is that the bar is set, set very high as we go on and then uh, third, third worst, or third from the bottom, because right now I'm doing worst to best, so episode six is the worst, episode second, two is the second worst, and then slightly above that is Chainsaw Blood in episode one, which that song fucking owns, it would be so much better if it wasn't a generic, like, generic, like, text scroll, or a, like, music video montage, like, either way, it's such a good song with such a nothing ED. Uh, followed by episode four, which is the power, which is the power music video, which I described. This feels like it would go viral on Nico Nico, and that is the exact vibe they wanted to nail. Which I thought was great. Followed by episode eight's first death, which is a perfectly fine ED and song. I'm not the biggest fan of TK from Ling Tosit Sigare. Or however you say it. I'm not the biggest fan of them. Square Square in the middle is Violence by Queen B. Queen Bee's fucking great, incredible song. The only reason it's kind of middle of the road is I think the visuals don't quite work with the Chainsaw Man aesthetic, but I think it's pretty cool. 
Uh, episode 12 is Fight Song, which is the one at the very end, which I really like knowing that that's that a very cute, it's a good song, very cute visuals. I love how that is diegetically worked into the end of the episode, where the ending happens, and then after the fact, it's like, uh, Aki goes out to have a smoke while everybody's kind of passed out from the party. I'm like, I love that that's in the episode. Uh, Dogland in episode 10 which is just great grungy visuals and song and chaos. It's great. Third place, Deep Down by Imer. Oh, wait, no, I forgot. Oh, shit, no, I forgot episode 7 and 10. Shit. Uh, <laughs> sorry, before, uh, after Fight Song is episode 7, which is Ano's song, which is... They fucking looped the puking. I can't believe they looped the puking. Absolute, and they're gonna, and they're going to, uh, like force weld it to by far the what is otherwise the horniest ED in the show. Oh yeah. So episode seven's fifth place. Fourth place is episode ten's Dogland, which I think is very cool visuals and chaos. I think it's got the good vibe. Episode nine, Deep Down by Imer, incredible visuals, incredible song, creepy as shit, really good. Uh, episode 5 is second place, The Backrooms. Great song. Incredible visuals. Absolutely so fucking good. Best ED in the show? Episodes 3. We were singing it at the beginning. Demon in name of devil. It's a fucking maximum of hormone. They use it as an insert song in the show twice. It's so fucking good. It's so good. And just like the whole visuals of that ending too are some of the best and strongest of the endings it is to me if there was one ending of the show that i feel really gets the vibe of chainsaw man it is hawatari tuoku senti by maximum the hormone it is to me the best ed in the show in a, in a world where that just the show just gets one ed that's what it is mm. yeah um I think that translates uh, to like 10 million centimeter blade or something like that. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The, the match with the hormone one was probably my favorite like song individually. But in terms of like, if I had to pick which one do I think would make sense as like the permanent ED, I think I would actually go with the Dogland one. Really? I I like the Dogland one, but I feel like that one's a little too out there to be the ED. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel like it just, like, kind of fits with the aesthetic of Chainsaw Man, and, uh, and, uh, and the uses of dogs make sense. Uh, again, doing things as vague as possible, given where the manga eventually goes. The, uh, there, is sip, there is metaphorical symbolism, as well as the dialogue is used throughout about the fact that, uh, she likes to keep her dogs on a short leash. That is that is just a thing that is said throughout. It's a motif for Makima. So, I know I just kind of went on that tangent. I want to mention one more thing before we actually talk about characters proper. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of going to potentially bring the mood down a little, but I think we have to at least discuss it and bring it up. Mm-hmm. So we talked about how good the writing is and how much, like, even with, like, the flavor thrown in and even slang that should feel out of place but absolutely doesn't and is fitting for the style of the series and Mike McFarlane's uh, specific talents that goes into this. I think we need to talk about the fact that there are things that this dub gets away with. I literally only think it could get away with 
because as you've mentioned this to me before, Amon, you think that Chainsaw Man, the dub, is basically like the buildup of clout Mike McFarlane has built up throughout his entire career? It, I mean, you, I, it, I, I know where you're going to bring this up, but like, given just how long he's been working on those Dallas area dubs and like the number of very, very big titles he has had his, his hands in, like... We list. I mean, how many episodes of One Piece has he directed just by itself? Yes. Like, like the, the dude has put in the fucking work over the course of about three decades, bordering on. So, like, where I'm going at with that, within the year 2022, a internal mandate came about that every dub that was done at Crunchyroll in the Dallas area was to stick exclusively to local talent that could record in the DFW area. No ifs, ands, or buts. Like, even even the most other senior directors at Crunchyroll, it, it seems like they're really only able to do reprisals, and that's kinda it. And I think it, it's a twofold, not only of Chainsaw... Not only of Chainsaw Man's inherent popularity, but just the fact that, like, Mike McFarlane was able to get that push and, like, get talent to audition and get cast from the Los Angeles area. And I think that is a benefit to this dub in a multitude of ways. Like, it, it sounds like... It seems like they still don't want, like, remote recording now. I think everybody from the LA side recorded with uh, Jeff Bezenti at Central Command. But... It was never said, but it's implied, yeah. Yeah, because I think Jeff mentioned on Twitter that he was involved with the engineering and recording on his side of things. And a so couple it's... couple of the actors involved also thanked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, so... How, I don't know how much he did. I don't know if there was, in fact, any remote recording, but presumably... All of it went through Central Command. The point I'm getting at is, as cool as this dub is, as great as this dub is, as great as it sounds, a lot of respect really needs to go on the fact that the push was made to expand the horizons to get auditions from people outside of the Dallas area and open them up to the LA area, too. Yeah. And it's kind of fascinating and to even imagine what this dub would look like if they didn't concede. And it's also fascinating because if you listen to other podcasts, particularly uh, the One Piece podcast, um, there was yes. an interview that, in fact, Mike McFarlane's ability to cast LA actors in Chainsaw Man directly knocked over into um, Anthony Bowling. And his attempts to dub the Wano arc of One Piece, where he was actually able to get L.A. actors specifically because Mike McFarlane was able to. And he, he just asked the higher-ups in the dubbing studio, like, if he can do it, why can't I? And they said, okay. Mike, Mike, Mike McFarlane breaking that wall so no one else has to. It, if anybody is able to do that, is effectively the most senior person and at Crunchyroll's, like, ADR division. Yeah. So I'm glad it happened. 
it's still a sort of frustratingly malleable, but also unmoving mandate, but that's, that's a bigger story for another time. I wanted to at least bring it up because it deserves to at least be acknowledged. Yeah, and, and at yeah. and at the very least, it it's a good first step. Mm-hmm. Because like a lot of us here at Dub Talk kind of advocate for the ability to do hybrid casting for you know Dallas area plus LA plus New York plus basically anywhere somebody has the proper recording equipment and it and location to do remote so i think it's worth this, acknowledging and this is a good so, first step mm -hmm. but yeah that being said dub sounds good and the team that's on it is doing a fucking good job oh fuck yeah fuck yeah yeah i i spent a fair amount of time in the lead up to this anime not super worried, but always aware that something could go wrong. Uh, this is, this is, like, I, I, I realize this makes you sound like a complete chode, but this is, like, my favorite anime now. Oh, God. You're, Just, okay, here, give me your hipster card. Give me your hipster card, okay? Here. Look, look, in my defense, look, in my defense, I was on the Chainsaw Man train from day one. I didn't come into it late. I I, I, I looked at that ANN announcement and thought, huh, it has Chainsaw in the title. That sounds like a thing I would enjoy. I should check it out. <laughs> and I'm not and I'm being dead serious. That is why I started. It is literally just it had Chainsaw in the title. I am that basic. You know and what? Um, Respect. You know what? When we get to the end of the episode, my Patrick's cool thing of the day will get you your your indie cred card back. I can tell you that right now. Um, but I, I, I was always, like, not concerned, but just aware that, like, th there are so many ways this can fall flat on its face, and not even necessarily be bad, just not be as good as I was hoping. And it's been a miracle to watch it kind of stick the landings, and I have just immense, I have immense respect and credit to the dub staff for helping just this part of it be so good. But we, I will, we will discuss that in more depth when we get to our characters. Who wants to talk about some devils? They're not devil. okay. Some of them are devils, <laughs> some of them are fiends, and some of them are like baby both. I believe I believe a a fiend is a devil that has uh taken over a person's body. Okay. So they are they are they are they are they are very they're they're on a continuum if you will. Okay, it, got it's it. It's like a a devil possessed meat puppet. Yes. Something like that. So let's talk about some. Uh first up, you know him. You love him. You watch him dance in the opening every week. <laughs> it's the future devil. <laughs> Say it with me now, kids. <laughs> the future, future rules. rules. The future, future rules. Rules. The, the future rules. Uh, he he's the future devil. He knows what's going to happen. He's going to be really annoying about it. But also, he, he, he he's just kind of chilling out in Aki's like right eye now. Yep, just just being helpful and also a pain in the ass. <laughs> Especially to Aki, because he's like, what? boy, boy, where's that mismatch buddy cop comedy? Am I right? He's basically, what if a Sharingan was gonna call you a limp dick fuck nugget? You're not wrong. <laughs> I have very specific insult, but uh, sure. I kind of just pulled that one out of my I mean, butt, but you know what? Look, it's fitting. 
I mean, look, it's nuts or nothing. <laughs> okay, you know what? I God, I cannot believe it's there was a fucking it's nerf or nothing reference in a fucking chainsaw man dub, and it works. <sighs> Anyways, moving on. We live in magical times. Uh, it, the future devil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he makes he makes some extreme deals with people, but for uh, for poor Aki, he's just like, I'm just gonna hang around and see how you manage to fuck this up, buddy. More or less. I want to be here when it happens. I can see you're fucking around. I want to be here to find out. Pretty much. Uh, uh, and following him, you know him, you love him, he is the best boy, it's Bean the Shark Fiend. He... Anime viewers will not think he's the best boy yet, but wait till season two, you will love him. He is great. He's he's just a shark. How can you not love a shark? He is just, just a good big, shark boy. Just got big, he swims through walls and has a big shark head and eats things. Bean's a good boy, just stay away from his mouth. Holy shit, exactly. stay away from his mouth. And don't do it, son. There, there, no self-control. There's somebody in the fucking comments that just, like, joke up, jokes on you. I'm into that shit. <laughs> All, at least, look, look, those of you who are currently reading uh, the current Chainsaw Man now, as of early April, are very aware of what's going on in there and how much Fujimoto just seems to, like, yeah, I'm gonna make you address all of your weird fetishes. What about it? <laughs> Oh, you didn't think you were into that? Joke's on you. <laughs> you are now. Just yep. just insert that clip of, this better not awaken anything in me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Chainsaw Man. Yep. Uh, speaking of which. This week, the writers... The <laughs> writers... Uh, <laughs> a barely disguised fetish. There we go. That was a, that yep. was a joke. Do you know how funny it is to see power become, like, an internet sex symbol? And it's like, really? There, there is no funnier disconnect between people who read the thing and people who don't read the thing and just like the fan art than any of the hot people in Chainsaw Man. God fucking right. There is, there is none funnier. Uh, Chainsaw Man fan is excited to watch Chainsaw Man for the first time. <laughs> Where was I? Ah, yes, next to have. Please, please continue to talk about the characters. I was just going to talk about the fact that Makima fans were literally, like, pissing and shitting everywhere because they thought Makima's tits and ass were nerfed, where it's like, she had normal proportions. Poor lied to you. <laughs> My dude, there is, like, there is, like, one shot of her in a dress bending forward, and you all ran with that way too hard. Calm down. No. Get your pants on. No! I refuse. They say. It's As that one bit of fan art show, this is cowards. The way you make Maki more attractive is to make her suit even more exaggerated. <laughs> uh, anyways, Until she I don't have a punchy... Burn. Yeah, basically. Uh, I don't have a punchy intro for this, so next we have the violence fiend. I like how his gimmick is that he is extremely violent, but he's just really nice. I just, it's so, it's just so funny that just, the violence fiend. <laughs> like, it's like, it's the inverse of like, you know, oh, there there are sea cucumber devils and, and tomato devils, and they're not that threatening, because people aren't really afraid of those things. Now we have the violence fiend, and it's like, 
The concept of violence, yeah. Just violence. <laughs> and he's a he's a he's a he's a real swell guy. <laughs> you know, because he's got a he's got a gas mask on that keeps him from getting too crazy. Uh, and next we have. Uh, speaking of awakening things with people, uh, we have Princey. She's the Spider Devil. <laughs> Isn't she a beaut? She sure is. Uh, and now we have, and and lastly, but certainly not least, we have the, we have the incarnation of that one tweet that's like, "Am I a boy or am I a girl? Nobody knows, but everyone thinks I'm hot, and that makes everyone gay." The Angel Devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly I, what Angel Devil is. I just, I just want to appreciate just the pure raw silliness of the Angel Devil. People are afraid of angels. I don't. I, mean, I look, don't. Look, I've, I don't I've know if enough, they're biblically accurate or not. Probably not. I've, I've seen enough biblically accurate angel reference. <laughs> this all look so much of Chainsaw Man just feels like a weird joke Fujimoto's playing on the audience. This just feels like a part of it. Do you think the angel devil exists because of how much Hideki Anno made the public at large afraid of angels and Evangelion? Given, given, <laughs> given that, given that Ava is clearly one of the big reference touchstones for Fujimoto, that, that feels very possible, actually. And you know what's crazy? Oh God, that! Oh, this is gonna be even funnier in like five seconds. Yeah, in absolutely. In theory, Chainsaw Man is happening canonically as Evangelion is airing. Fuck you! I need to look this up now. <laughs> ah, you're. Oh my God, you're right. Ninety-seven. Jesus! Oh my god! Now I'm just imagining like the Garfield mirror me, but instead of like Garfield being like, I wonder who that is, it's like Denji looking at it's like Denji looking to mirror Shinji. <laughs> I wonder who this is for. Okay, so the TV series was done the TV series was done by then, but both Death and Rebirth and End of Ava are 97. Even better! Get the real, the really weird shit. Totally appropriate. Anyways, you might be asking yourself, why are you all talking so much? Who is playing these characters? I've been staring at these headshots for like five minutes. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> playing the future devil, we have Landon McDonald. Uh, he's known for a bunch of things. He's uh, Rampo Edagawa in Bunko's Strain Dogs. He is Noritoshi Kamo in Jujutsu Kaisen. And, of course, he is Rohan in... Uh, the one I credit I pulled was the Spoke Kishibe Rohan, although I think he's he, he's played him in actual JoJo's as well, if memory serves. Yes. No, he is that. not. No, not yet. That's uh, yet. Right. Uh, the keyword here is not yet. Right. Um, next up, Beam is being played by Derek Snow. Uh, you know him for playing Doctor Danny in Angels of Death, uh, Budori Gosko in The Life of Budori Gosko, and Nagara in Sunny Boy. The Violence Fiend everyone's favorite, is played by Josh Bangle. Uh, he is known for such roles as Baron Sujita in Back Arrow, uh, Foyan Lee in Fire Force, and Daisuke Nikaido in Mix Meisei Story. Uh, Princey is played by Julie Shields, you know, for playing Yakumaro in the Certain, certain, a certain Scientific blah 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 whatever series. Uh, Ren Mikihara in Full Metal Panic Invisible Victory, Invisible Victory and Matsume... Matsumae in Tokyo Ghoul, and 
Remember why we brought up Evangelion? I swear to uh, God, I didn't even do this on purpose. It's a good... It's a good bit. Playing the Angel Devil, we have Casey Mangelo, who is known for such roles as Theoto Rika in 86, THX in Time of Eve, and, of course, Shinji Ikari in the Netflix dub of Evangelion. I swear to God, I literally did not even connect two and two when I was making the Ava joke. No, the better part would be if that was something that was a I did. they made while they were... No, no, the better part was if that was a connection they made while casting. It was like, wait, wait, guys, I thought of something really funny. <laughs> what if? <laughs> okay, uh, okay, okay, no, okay, no, no. If they were trying to be really funny, they would have cast Daisy as, like, Baby Dead or something. <laughs> God. Um, but, so I'll say this. What... We are talking about these because these are fun characters, and this is just as simple as, okay, they show up for, like, a minute and a half. They will be important later on, but we want to talk about them. Julie Shields. She did the thing. Yep. Moving on. Yep. Uh, Derek Snow. Incredible. Absolutely fucking... He shows up and he just nails it immediately. That is crazy energy. He is just screaming, Zombies! Yeah! And it's like, that's exactly... You nailed it. Got it? Perfect. 10 out of 10, no notes. 10 out of 10, you no notes. You, you love <laughs> to see it. You love to just, just... It is the exact level of crazy energy. And it's like, you just look at Beam and you're like, Oh, you and Denji are just BFF material. Perfect. It may or may not because they both have shark teeth. <laughs> Who can say? And as we were talking about before, Violence Fiend's whole deal is that he is extremely powerful and very violent, where it's like they literally have to douse his blood with poison to contain him. But he's just very nice. Which is... Whoa, lady, I didn't see you there. You should get out of here. I might hit you by accident and make it explode. Which is... <laughs> oh, hi, Priestie. Never mind. It's just an extremely funny idea of what if the literal embodiment of, like, the the demonic personification of fear and violence was just a nice guy. Like, yeah, just, and, and Josh is just very like, oh, you're very polite and formal and you're just a very chill dude. And yeah, that's that's a very funny combination. Casey, wow, I did not expect fucking Casey Mangelo as Angel. Incredibly inspired choice, and it's a very, very good one. I I, I if nothing else, I do want to give kudos to them for casting a non-binary person as the angel devil. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was hoping they do something like that, so like good. Thumbs up, guys. Yeah, that was that was like I kinda didn't expect them to do that, but I appreciate that they did. Casey's already sounds the correct level of sleepy yet indifferent that I think Angel needs. I had no idea what the fuck they were going to do with Future. It was like, literally, when we were doing all these fan casts, it's like, okay, 
Future could either be like a hyperactive, like 20, 30 something year old guy, or he could just be like a very old man who's just kind of like jigging it up. I have no <laughs> idea. I don't know <laughs> what that's supposed to sound like. Okay, okay, you know, I mean, okay, I mean, credit where he's, I mean, credit where he's due. Uh, Mike isn't, Mike, uh, Mike, at least as far as I know, isn't the kind of person who like goes out of his way to cast himself in his own dubs. But I feel like if he was going to cast himself somewhere, I feel like that would have been where he was going to cast himself. Yeah. So I've got the president. I've got the president take that shot. Well, the fu- the future devil's great because I feel like he, he he he's like a Rorschach test for what you think characters should sound like. You can put him in front of somebody, and what voice they think should come out of that body probably says something about them. I. It, that's kind of what it is. Where it's like the most fascinating thing to me is like I don't know what the fuck this. Eldridge nightmare is going to sound like, and he's just here basically sounding like he's gonna fucking do a keg stand, which is great thing is, perfect. The greatest part about this is when we, when we asked within our friend group, um, who they thought would play the future devil, pretty much only a handful had the same answer. Everybody thought it would be somebody different. Like, because that's what it is. The, the con, the future devil itself is just a strange being. Where until like the Japanese came out, it's like I don't know what he's supposed to sound like. What are they gonna go for? I don't know. I, I don't. I, I, I will. Len does an excellent job. He's wonderful. He's great. If I have any, if I have, if I have any disappointments, it's that they didn't just give him a Beavis and Butthead voice. Oh my that, god. That, that's how he sounds what? in my head. <laughs> what? You know what? What the fuck are you, what? That would be hilarious. You tell, tell me, tell me, tell me the future devil going around going like, nah, the future rolls. <laughs> tell me that's not funny. Tell me you that's not funny. You came up with Beavis and Butthead? You fucking... Tell me that's not funny. <laughs> hey, Beavis. The future See, he gets it. Is is he telling Aki to shove his head in his bunghole? <laughs> I I am I'm, I'm saying the, the 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 more the future devil has irritating 12-year-old boy energy, the funnier he is to me. Fair enough. Like as a general rule. And I think and I think Landon does nail the fact that he is very dubious but also correctly annoying in the right ways. Which I love the fact he, that the future devil is like, "Oh, he took away a guy's eyes, taste, and sense of smell, which is miserable. It's like, you, you can't even be a good, like, you can do the blind samurai thing, but, like, you have no joy in life anymore. And then Aki, he's just like, oh, <laughs> oh, you're you're so fucked up. This is gonna be terrible. I need a front row seat. Is, is the embodiment <laughs> of that gif where the guy just like pops out the lawn chair so you can have a sit down and watch the absolute fiasco? That is literally what it is. It's like you are going to die a terrible death. I need to see this shit. I'm coming oh, with hold you. On, hold on, hold on. Don't go anywhere. I'm I'm popping myself some popcorn. I gotta see this. The future devil is doing the King of the Hill thing with four different versions of himself. Oh, now I'm just imagining the future devil as just his own adult sitcom, which is a very fascinating thing. But yes, Landon, Landon nails whatever the fuck that thing is supposed to be correctly.
<laughs> it's 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 just it's really good. I'm looking. F this is the I am so looking forward to seeing more of you next season category. Basically, it, that's kind of exactly what this category is. Which I guess we might as well just throw a quick little shout out to oh. Alexis Tipton as. Girl who is not yet named, but if you know, you know. I, I, Alexis, <laughs> I look forward to watching you make the internet lose its collective fucking mind in a year, whenever season two comes out. Year, Thanks, year and I'm a half. Looking forward to it. Anyways, you're doing great. Any other notes you guys want to throw in about the rest of these devil fiends? Uh, no, they all sound good. I'm all set. They're all good. They're all very good. Like, this is basically, I really like you conceptually. Like, for pretty much all of them. Like, but, like, it's basically, okay. We don't have much else to really say. Did we spend ten minutes on a section of characters that, like, have two to five lines of dialogue max? Yes, welcome to Dub Talk. Glad you could be here. It, it's Chainsaw Man. It inspires a lot of feelings. <laughs> Speaking of fucking feelings. <laughs> so let, let's, move on. <laughs> let's move on to the bad guy portion of this episode. Uh, oh bad boy, guy portion is a choice. So we can't talk about the big, big bad because they haven't shown up on screen yet. And they probably don't talk, but we'll find out later. So we're going to talk about the we're going to talk about these two. Uh, we have uh, Akane Sawatari. Uh, she uh, has she's made a deal with the Snake Devil, and she's also apparently made a deal with the Gun Devil to get Denji's heart for reasons that remain unclear to everybody who's not her. I think and she, the Gun Devil presumably. I think she was mm -hmm. also a public an ex public safety uh, devil hunter that I think just kind of left and then got her kind of went private or AWOL or something. I would I don't I don't know if I don't recall if that is true or not, but that that would not shock me. That checks out. Mm -hmm. uh, she's she's terrifying. Uh, and with her we have, uh, depending on which translation you look at, we have either Katana Man or Samurai Sword. He is a little bitch, and I hate him. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> He's the best at being the worst. He sucks so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't much care for this man. No, I, I, he's not great. He is a, uh, he is the grandson of the, oh, I didn't summarize what Chainsaw Man's about. I will punch that in later, uh, but I'm going to be honest, going off of that. I'm going to be honest, it's almost funnier the thought of we are an hour into a Chainsaw Man dub dog thing, and we did not explain what the plot of Chainsaw Man is. Do we really man need to? Man turn, it's a man who man turns, turns into Chainsaw. Okay. Here we go. Here's, here's a boy. His life sucks. He's got a cute dog that's also a chainsaw. They die. Chainsaw dog becomes his heart. He becomes the chainsaw man. Denji lives, he dies, he lives again. He goes to Valhalla shiny and chrome. Witness yep. him. I, I I like I like Chainsaw Man. Because it reminds me of a bit I saw Patton Oswald did where it's like, look, there's certain movies where like you don't the title tells you all you need to know. Like, no one's sitting around asking, I wonder what Texas Chainsaw Massacre is about. Like, it tells you. 
Much the same way he's Chainsaw Man. Ah, oh, well, that makes sense. Why do you think it's everybody got so excited? on the tin. Like, yep. what the fuck do you think a movie called Cocaine Bear is about? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yes, uh, Samurai Sword is the grandson of the mob boss that Denji was indebted to, and he's really pissed off that uh, his grandfather is dead because his grandfather was nice to him, and that's what's important. Granddad may <laughs> only every now and then killed women and children. <laughs> like, it's not that he never killed women and children. It's like, he didn't like to do it that much. Well, you know, he didn't enjoy it. <laughs> he only he he only got half mass when he killed women and children. <laughs> now everybody and, else full on murder boner. Uh, and yes, and um, he he's made a deal with the sword devil. He turns into a big sword guy, and uh, he 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 gets his comeuppance in such a just such a. In a we will way. get. <laughs> We will. So, playing these characters. Uh, Akane is being played by Emmy Lowe. You know, such roles as uh, Mina Yadomika in 86, Lucy in Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and Shanghai in Sunny Boy. And Samurai Sword is being played by Jason Marnoka. You know, as Gus in Carolyn Tuesday, Headmaster Helvis in Hells, and Gansaku Nanbu in Megalobox. Now we want we want to talk about we want to talk about the mean lady or we want to talk about the asshole first. Oh, that's a good question. Mm. I, I guess uh, I mean I, I mean I feel like we can talk about mean lady because uh, like she's like she's got a, like she's got a lot going on. There's also a lot we don't that she's also the setup of a serious figure for like the amount of times he's typically on screen in the show. She's very mysterious, she's very menacing and imposing, and she's got a very, like, cold and calm demeanor to her that Emmy absolutely imbues into her into her character, into their character, yeah. And just that level of, like, oh, you are threatening. Like, the snake is genuinely terrifying. Also, nothing makes me more uncomfortable than watching somebody's nails get pulled off of them. I, ha oh, I yeah. had forgotten about that until I was re-watching the show, and Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. the good news is they kind of just play it where it's just sort of like... Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. Thanos snaps away into dust instead of having to see it actually get ripped off. Is it, yeah, yeah, they chose the, yeah, the quote-unquote most pleasant way they could display that. Which got... Which... Did you ever watch Kakegurui? You ever watch the first season of Kakegurui? I think I actually... Does that have nail stuff in it? I think I actually screamed when she, like, tore off her nails in the first season, in, like, that. I think I actually screamed. How, how, God, how bad is... How, yeah, how bad is it in comparison to that bit in Higurashi where she's trying to strip her own nails off and she whiffs one of them? I don't know. I think I am immediately regretting this bit, so I'd like to take and retract this, please. <laughs> Every now and uh, then, me being me, I recognize, okay, I have taken this as far as I'm comfortable with. Let us stop uh, now. I, uh, well, I, I'll, I will say a, a thing I appreciate about Emmy is that in comparison to 
Jason, I feel, I don't know if she actually has less lines, it just feels like she talks less, but I feel like she does a very good way of illustrating, oh, you're the one in charge. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 scary tough dude with a sword head, you're the one in charge. You you're are the, the one actually running this rodeo. Yeah, it's, which, let's put it like this, Chainsaw Man is no stranger to scary, intimidating ladies. That, the, no one will ever forget that one story that somebody like Fujimoto, Fujimoto knew in college who really did a story where like some lady had a crush on like tipped his bike over and called him mean things and that just made him like her more. <laughs> and then it's like the entirety of this manga makes sense. Okay. And it's just like, oh, ah, buddy, you got it bad, don't you? <laughs> Everything clicked in like an instant. Like, but uh, no, I I think yeah, just Emmy's just extremely cold and menacing. Even when when uh, Akane is kind of like losing losing her shit, especially when it comes to like Makima blowing up all of their soldiers and then dealing with Kobeni, which I forgot. <laughs> That there is a genuine, oh god, that's what Kobeni can do. I had also forgotten. She spends almost the entirety of the manga being like a sad, pathetic baby girl that everybody knows and love. That I forget, oh shit. She's fucking hardcore too. Hardcore parkour, buddy. And the thing Christ. I like is like, I just if you're gonna die, die inside the van. Akane yeah. is not the kind of character I'm accustomed to hearing Emilo play, and they do a really substantial job getting getting the fact that oh, Akane is really messed up. Like I'd say, it's it's definitely on the sliding scale of um, let's say the sliding scale is is it Miri for Buddy Daddies? Yeah. On a sliding yeah, scale of yeah. on a sliding scale of Miri from Buddy Daddies to Lucy from Edge Runners, Akane is closer to the Lucy sliding scale, but not quite that same level. Yeah, I would say so. Hmm. But yeah, Emmy Lowe is a very like... versatile actor. Holy crap! I know, right? Like, even just imagining all three of these characters, it's like, wow, that is the same person, holy shit. Yeah. Like, they they really convey the fact that Akane is really messed up really well. And I mean, especially in the end of the series when they're raiding the skyscraper and Akane has stolen the contract of the ghost, de uh, the ghost devil. That was, a, that was a good scene. Mm. And then she just kind of dies. <laughs> Which is a very Chainsaw Man thing, where it's like, yeah, that's all you got. Yeah, her her devil just kind of killed her. Devil, uh, death, death, death is random and arbitrary in the Chainsaw Man world. Uh, it is uh, very yeah, random. You can always, you can always, you can always her getting kicked off the stage. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it did kind of feel like that in a way, but no, I, I really liked Ami as a Kane. I. Emmy's good. I want I want to give Jason a lot of credit. He deserves a lot he, of credit. He, he 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 brings all that great like Jason Marnoka rumble to this role. Like you know he's he, you know he's good at playing like you know sort of scary authoritative guys, and he's so good at using that tone while also just being the 
pettiest little asshole. Like, oh, your grandfather, uh, fuck you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he's oh, so yeah, he's he's so good at being like shallow you know, big, tough guy. Huh? Would you say he he's very good at playing a very shallow person? shallow and also just like it's it's his complaints if you read them on paper like you would if you read his dialogue without knowing what he sounds like you would i think you would mentally insert a much whinier voice yeah and i i think it's his credit that that still comes across even though he's using like you know sort of you know rumbly tough guy voice like like there is a whole scene where he's like he hates denji but he's also like trot he effectively tries to do the heroic let's talk about this or let's see if we can come to an understanding or Yeah. He effectively does the hero thing which is you had a sad childhood. I had a sad childhood. Let's play the sad piano music from Naruto and let's see if we can come to an understanding and then she's just like nah. Nah. <laughs> Uh, and what's really funny is, like, the closest this character ever comes to having the point is where, like, that, 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 is, that is where, you know, like, Denji's making up the fact that he, like, killed zombies before. And it, and Jason, and, and, and a bad here is like, well, you know, like, I haven't killed zombies before, but even I feel bad about it. Like, you should feel, maybe you should feel, like, at least a little messed up about it, dude. And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? No. My, fa- my favorite part about that scene is that he brings up, you killed my grandfather. It's like, your grandfather was dead when I got there, dude. And he like, no. But even if that was are, are true. You, are, you in denial? are you in denial about how your grandfather got himself killed? Is that where this is coming from? Like, I feel like he would be in denial if his grandpa died from like autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh, a hundred. He's such a child. Yeah. He is He's a he a is child. a powerful, imposing man with an incredibly cool monstrous demon form, and he's a little bitch. But you yeah. know what? Jason Marnoka is incredible at making both of these things come across. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. To which I appreciate Jason's delivery during what is the most pivotal and important scene with this character, right before he's about to get kicked in the arms. <laughs> I. I, there is a genuine humanity to, there is, like, I feel like it, it's almost like the, how do I describe this? Chainsaw Man is very much almost like an anti-manga in the sense where it's like, Himeno is dead. She is never coming back. This man has killed her. Nothing we can and will ever do will bring it back. Nothing we do to this man will ever change that. But I will feel better. And then they just kick him in the nuts. And it is Easy like, revenge, motherfucker. Easy revenge. It is genuinely the moment where I think Aki and Denji actually become friends. Oh, 100%. Where so it's like, they, that they bond torturing this man. That scene reminds me of the old meme image of the newspaper article that says, Man kicks terrorists in the balls so hard he rips a tendon in his ankle. <laughs> the Requiem, a Requiem for Himeno. And I, lo- I-, I was so worried that it was going to be a silent montage and we weren't going to hear Jason's screams of anguish as he got kicked in the nuts. 
Oh no, they uh, delivered. Yeah, I appreciate the screams and anguish, and then like, like literally even right before it happens, like him pleading in that for it's like, no, 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 don't do this. Didn't they also sneak in the little bell ringing sound that they did when? Uh... Yep. 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 They get the dong. It's so good. It's oh, so it's good. so cartoonish. I love it. It's so childish, but it's ex- it's it is exactly what it needed. Jason's great. Jason was a fantastic inspired choice, and yeah, really glad they were able to get Jason and to play this character. It was a very good pick. All right, gentlemen, are we? Are we, are we... Let's talk. About some members of public safety. First up, we have the lady in charge herself. We have Makima. No last name. Or first name. I don't know. She's Makima. She's in charge. She has red hair. She has weird eyes. She's a little suspicious. She has awakened many feelings in many people. Uh, We like her. Maybe. Possibly. The internet, the internet certainly likes her, but that's for different reasons. Bark, 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 bark. Bark, 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 In a conversation that has definitely happened somewhere in America. Dude, you did not tweet at, insert actress name here, bark, bark, bark. Tell me you didn't do that. Oh my god. I thought it was funny. It's like, it is not funny, it's sad. I, God, somebody must have actually done that. No, I, pr- I I have a I have a I have a recollection of her tweeting about that at some point. Oh like I'm, someone did. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyways, uh. Makima is the head of pub- is the head of the uh, if not the head is a major figure in the public safety division. Yeah, I believe I believe she she is officially the head of um, special division. Maybe the special divisions or special division four specifically. I don't remember which. At least the Tokyo branch. Yeah. Yes. So. We have her. Uh, we also have Kishibe. He he is an old soul, and by that I mean he's forty or something. I think. Oh God! Oh, he looks I, like I, shit for forty. If that's the case, I don't remember how old he is. Other than I think he is probably younger than he looks because he has been through a lot. I'm gonna take a look, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he's been around for a while. He has managed to survive this long. Uh. He is, uh, he's brought in to help train Denji and Power after, uh, Samurasoid and Akane attack him. And, uh, he feels like pretty strong evidence that we can add Fujimoto to the list of Japanese people who have a real big crush on Mads Mikkelsen. Because look at that guy. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Himino. She's a hot mess. Oh! And, and we love her for it. Both hot and mess are capitalized. <laughs> exactly. She 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 used to be, I guess, at least the most senior member of the uh, special division that uh, Denji Aki and Power are a part of. Uh, she is very happy-go-lucky. She is a functioning alcoholic, and uh, she has a lot of complicated feelings about her young wards that she can't really do that much to help at the end of the day. Uh, next up, we have Kobeni. Uh, Bless Kobeni. her heart. Uh, sorry, Kobeni Higashiyama, because she is one of the few characters in this entire show that has an actual last name. Um, poor Kobeni. Kobeni doesn't want to be here. I I do not think you can understand how much everybody in the year 2022 collectively was like, I love and cherish this poor baby girl 
who is just a bundle of anxiety and fear. Which one? Yes. Now draw her having a good day. I'm not even sure what that one looked like. <laughs> I I still vividly remember there. I don't follow them anymore because I stopped following them because their gimmick basically led them to being um deeply inappropriate. Uh, a bit of a fucking racist asshole. Yes. Um, yeah, that too. But. There's somebody whose whole gimmick is basically, what if I draw really good art that secretly was, like, super depressing and fucked up? And, like, one of the only times I ever remember them drawing something, like, no strings attached and cute was just, like, Kobeni having breakfast. And it was like, oh, this is kind of sweet. Yep. Everyone wants the best for Kobeni. Shame she's a character in Chainsaw Man where nothing nice happens to anybody. And if it does, it's very temporary. Death is a kindness, which is something that Kobeni is not even afforded. Absolutely. De- death is the only guarantee you have in life, and she's not even guaranteed that. Speaking of which, hi, Arai. Yeah. And at last but not least, we have uh, Hirokazu Arai. Uh, he he is he is the dead meat portion of the uh, of the agenda. He's a good boy. <laughs> He's a good boy who wasn't cut out for this. He was a good He's boy a good until boy. he wasn't anymore. Yep. Until he got put <laughs> down. Yeah. <sighs> Poor bastard. Uh, so let's talk about who see. plays them. Sure. Playing Makima, we have Susie Young, known for uh, playing such roles as. Um, Jing Jailane in Aparayaraman, Subaru in Gleipnir, and Keiko Koshide in Housing Complex C. Kishibe is being played by Jason Douglas, known for playing Chio Dad in Azamanga Dayo. God bless him. Uh, Takeshi Hokuto in Kromari High School, and Thor is in the Sentai dub of Inland Saga. Uh, Himino is being played by Caitlin Barr, Known for such roles as uh, Hyakuren in Blade of the Immortal, Chiaki Ogaki in Laid Back Camp, and Claudia Bradford in Warlords of Sigdrifa. Kobeni is being played by Bryn April, known for such roles as Su- Suiko Minohoshi in Boogie Pop and others, uh, Nina in Gangsta, and Nahoshi Inami in ID Id Invaded. And uh, Arai is being played by Jared Green, known for playing such roles as Yang in Gangsta, Matsuoka in Id Invaded, and Rikiro Daiwa in Kakushigoto. I tried to really resist the urge, he just immediately jumped to Kobeni, so we might as well get Arai out of the way. I was going to say, we could probably just throw Arai and Kobeni together. Which, but Yes, let's do that. We should probably talk about Arai first, because Arai is a good lad who means well and doing his best. In any other shonen series, Arai would be the level-headed, sensible person in the group who always, wouldn't necessarily always be listened to, but would always be on the right track. But once again, unfortunately, he was on Chainsaw Man World where that shit doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I I also feel like Arai is... Like, we, we talk about how, how Co- Kobani is just a bundle of fear and anxiety... Like, Arai's not better either. Dude had a fucking panic attack, and I'm like, man, I fucking feel you. Mm. I feel you. 
The ho- the hotel arc is just an entire series of determining who is way out of their depth and who isn't. Okay, who has screws in and who doesn't? <laughs> That's basically what it comes down to. You can see, oh, yeah, you Bryn... don't have a screw loose. Cool, you're gonna die. Orion Kobeni, their screws are still a little too tight. Uh, Aki <laughs> and Himina, oh, their screws are very loose, but they're still kind of there. Denshi uh, uh, and Power, uh, fuck off with the screws. Yeah, what's, okay, okay, what's okay, screws? okay, okay, okay. I was gonna say, as far as it goes, like she has, okay, like she has screws and they are tightened, but they get loose very easily. She can go very quickly between having them loose and having them tightened. Mm, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's there there are two paths before me, gentlemen. Yes. Oh crap! I walked into an innuendo, didn't I? Oh, you walked into such a fucking innuendo. She can loosen and tighten as she fucking sees fit, and I know people would be all about that. Oh darn! I did. Oh, again. oh boy! You stepped you stepped on the horny rake, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. The internet already did that for Kobeni a few months ago. For what? Kobeni doesn't deserve to be fucked. She deserves to get sweet, passionate love making, too. Yeah, uh, yeah to which the one last thing I will say about her eye is, uh, I feel a little bad for him, but, uh, like, like, he's clearly got a thing for him, you know, but, uh, yeah, uh, he's in the wrong show for that, so, uh. Yes, I, 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 I feel like this is the most prominent role I have seen Jared Green in, and it is still some guy who gets ganked within about three episodes of being introduced. And actually, I think Jared's also the script supervisor of this, by the way. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've got the impression he is like he's, acting is not his primary job. That's why he shows up playing a lot of like growly monsters and stuff. But he's really um, funny, and he's really what? good in this. That's almost what's a shame. He's a good actor. I wish he got cast in more prominent things. Like he's very talented. I'm assuming this is a lack of interest on his part. Yeah, uh, um, I, I mean, that's a guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I mean, if I try to think of like a major thing, have you seen uh, Hinamatsuri? No, is he in that? Oh my god, uh, you yeah, need... He's, Holy he's shit, Abad, you need yeah, to watch yeah, Inamatsu. Yeah, 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 I know. I know. He, he's one of the two lead characters in that show. He plays, oh, good! Uh, he, plays the, he plays the Yakuza man who... He oh, is he, is, he, is he the blonde dude? Yes. Yeah. Oh, good yeah. for him. Amon, yeah, you fucking, you live and breathe I, Yakuza I know, games. I know I'm gonna like Hinamatsuri one day, one day. Okay. One day. I like Arai. He's a good boy. Jared is very funny as him, and I love his interactions with all the other characters, especially when he's either freaking out or about to lose it. I also think he gets a very sweet moment when he is helping Denji through the most traumatic moment of his entire life so far. Yep. He's like, yeah, my mom came home drunk, and this is my technique for helping her get the puke out. So I'm here for you, buddy. That was rough. Like, that was... I'm kind of glad I'm not you right now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Jared Green's really good. Holy shit, Bren. Yeah. And, uh, she, she gets in there so much... Uh, she gets to display so much anxiety. It's it's it's, 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 it's really fun to... You know, I didn't want to, like, immediately jump to this, but, like... But, uh, but like we talked a lot about like how good a script is, 
I am really amazed that she got to sincerely deliver the line, I know what you are. <laughs> 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 God, the fucking I know what you are is like genuinely the funniest thing in the show. <laughs> All the while she is that is that is that the one where she screams that and then Power immediately responds incorrect. No, it it's basically where she runs at Arai with the knife. Where she's getting paranoid <laughs> that, like, it's all Power's doing. And then he's like, you're working with them! You're Arai the spy! And then she runs up to him and screams, I know what you are! It's like, oh my god. I, my favorite thing is, nothing describes how terrible Power is. Where it's like, Kobeni is literally crying. Where it's like, I'm not here because I wanted to be. I'm here because my parents want me to support my brother who's actually gifted. So I had to get a job. It was either I join public safety or I become a sex worker. As she's crying her little eyes out. And Power is laughing at her with glee. It's like, look at her fucking face. It's so good. Power's the worst, and she's the best at being the worst. It's it's, yeah, it, it, it is a. It's, it's really amazing that you can somehow make a moment like that feel kind of, if not like laugh out loud funny, you can at least see the dark humor in it. It's such it dark it humor. It's so dark, but it's so fun. Sometimes dark is really funny. Kobeni Co- Co- also gets the other best dark humor line in the show. Which is after uh, she has the knife against Akane's neck, and they've they've gotten rid of the ghost devil. Uh, Naki's, you know, like why'd you stick around? She just sheepishly says, "Bonuses are just around the corner." It's such a. <laughs> I think I love that that whole scene is like everybody else is dead, and they literally show one of the only survivors from the drinking party who's there reporting to Makima, and he's like. I am giving you my resignation letter. Bye. And it's like, okay, not only have we shown people can drop like flies, you have shown, okay, there is no loyalty. There is just genuinely, I want out. This is not worth it. And she's there because it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm making good money. <laughs> Capitalism! Oh, God. Somebody's going to be like, Chainsaw Man's not political. Stop making it political. How dare you make it political? Oh. All you One Piece fans are fucking delusional, by the way. <laughs> this is may or may not be a call-out post to that one podcast where they were laughing at their guest for saying One Piece was political, despite the fact that it so fucking is! Guys, don't don't you Luffy's favorite movie is RRR because it's about his two favorite things, friendship and overthrowing the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Where were we going with this? Alright, Bryn's good. I think we were just we were just riffing on uh, Bryn's really good. Like she's she has the she is she's Kabeni's a cute lady, you know. Some sometimes it's more like I want to protect her, she's cute than anything, but like she does the she she does the you know oh look at her in her nice little beret and out and drinking outfit side of her and the closest thing to a complaint I have is that in that initial scene where they figure out what's going on at the hotel where Kobeni just screams 
the Japanese actress definitely hits it a lot harder, but yeah, I'm I'm sure that's hard on the vocal cords, so I'm not. That's you know. <laughs> I I would say the I know what you are immediately no, I, makes that, up that, for that, it. That completely makes up for it. It is yeah, just like uh, this yeah. person is not stable. I also got to give not be here. I also really got to give a shout out to episode nine as the wait. Kobeni has a cool moment. Oh my god, Kobeni has a cool moment. I've read the entirety of Chainsaw Man. I totally forgot Kobeni gets a cool moment. I feel like you if you if you if you're not if even if you're if you're like watching that for the second time, I think you forget that part of the surprise is that she's not dead. Yeah. Like the assumption cuz they they cut back to the aftermath of her and Arai getting attacked, there's just a blood stain. There are no bodies the, left. The assumption is she's dead. The, it's that, no, there's Arai's body. She is missing. Arai's body and she's not and, there. But there's, like, presumably something bad. Arai is dead, and then they show her literally, like, hyper-speeding behind the old lady and capping her. Yep. And then, like, running with the knife and doing the cool parkour thing, cutting off the Katana Man's thing, and, like, using Denji as a shield because she knows Denji. She has, like, incredible instincts. But she's also there genuinely sobbing at the fact that she just watched somebody close to her die and she feels like she's about to lose her fucking mind. Or she's, she's gonna lose something. Kobeni is physically maybe the most impressive person in public safety and mentally should not be within a thousand fucking feet of public safety. Yeah. For her she, own good. she is their yeah, exact perfect candidate. Yep. She is broken enough. She is powerful, broken, and desperate enough to stick this out. Yeah, pretty much. And fuck, uh, and, Brent's great. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and one last thing I will say, uh, just, uh, just uh, generally speaking, it is not. Uh, it is simply not an easy thing having to play a character where you have to scream a lot of your lives. That can be, uh, that can be pretty difficult, and it can be especially difficult to act that sort of thing really well. And uh, Ren does that real good. Precious, precious cinnamon, cinnamon roll, too gar- too pure for this world. And but, uh, but, uh, but someone who's not. That was someone who's uh, not quite a cinnamon roll guy. Oh, uh, okay. No, she she is she is a cinnamon, but it's spelt S I N. That's actually not where I was going. I was about to just kick you. Oh. Oh, that's even funnier. Oh shit! Oh, oh, oh that's. Yeah, 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 I was about to say like, nah, he's not a cinnamon roll. He's like a day old, like maybe like a dude that's a few days old. He's a he stale is, bagel. He is a. Cr- yep. He is a stale bagel. He is a stale cinnamon. Okay, God, what the fuck? How do, how do I describe this? Um, he's a stale Danish. Is there even anything sweet left? Is it just all? <laughs> Is it just all his, crust? His, he might. I mean, he does. I mean, he does admit that he kind of like hides Denji power. He's the stale Danish that was left in the break room, and that one weird guy, you know, basically went in with a spoon, scooped out all the cream cheese, and it's just still there. Oh my god! Wow. I think we have a winner. Yeah. Yep. Okay, Kishibe. I'm gonna say this. 
I remember Kishibe's kind of a cool, weird dude. I forgot how fucking deranged he is. And I think, no one, no. <laughs> I think a lot of credit needs to go specifically to Jason Douglas. Playing him with that level of... Which it... I, I need to shout out the fact that this yeah, is Beerus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, like this is the exact character you would cast Jason Douglas as. This is just like, yeah. This is how do I describe it? Like he in any other shonen manga, this is old, weary master, maybe with a little bit of hope in his eyes. He's been a little burnt out. Maybe has a tragic past, but like. He loves and believes in his students, and they give him a new, like, perspective on life. on life. Lease on life, yes. Where he's like, I've had you, f I've had Denji in power for a day and a half, but if anything happened to them, I would kill anybody in this room and, and myself. That's not what happens. He takes joy in curb stomping these puppies. That 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 bit of where he talks about how he always used to break his toys when he was younger, and he's like, <laughs> and it's nice to have toys that don't break. And it's like, this is our he this is a hero. This is, yeah, no, no, this is not a hero. This is, this is actually a broken man. Is it yeah? Is it I really do love the explanation for like how he came up with his training method. Like you know, I was really drunk one. Like you know, I was trying to figure out how to train a guy. Then like I was drinking, and then it came to me while I was like really hot. Well, I was really drunk, like, you know, like, I'm really strong. I just beat up you guys until you get as strong as me. Which is brilliant. Brilliant. Also, he is apparently early 50s. That's not, that's not as bad as I was thinking, but that's... that's I, still, I could believe... If somebody told me he was, like, 45, like, I would... Like, most of the time it'd be like, oh, you're a fucking manga for teenagers. You think 45 is old. But in this is like, oh. Oh, he got fucked. That's why he looks like that at 45. It's like, yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I think Jason sounds broken and drunk enough that makes Kishibe work. Yeah. He, he, is, a, he is a dude who's going through the motions because that's all he has. Like, he's... He has tenure. He has tenure, so nothing he can say or do is really going to change anything, but he's mm -hmm. too good that nobody's going to actually fuck with him or remove him from his post. And frankly, so they... I I think Jason Douglas was the the best choice for this role because he is sort of he is the guy who has done the sort of the weary horror television character. In actual live action. Because he, he's been in The Walking Dead. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, huh. he had a fling with Carol for, like, a few episodes. That was the thing. Was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I saw the casting at the, the you know, him posting the, the confirmation that, oh, he's playing Kishibe. It's just like, you know what? This tracks. I, it's a very, it's a very good fit. I feel like Jason does good, like, kind of like weary, gruff old man. This is the weariest, gruffiest old man. I also love the fact that it's like, in any other moment, it's like, oh, this should be the cool guy moment. I like three things. 
having sex with women, drinking booze, and killing devils. Where it's like in any other time, in any other series, it's like, oh, oh you're the cool guy. You're the badass. And he's literally leaning on them because he can barely hold himself up and use his brain cells. And he's like slurred and broken. And it's like, oh, oh, this is kind of uncomfortable, actually. Oh yeah, he literally just chokes them and he's like, okay, so you're actually immortal, you're semi-immortal, so I can break you all I want. I have to be a little careful with her. Also, maybe the best train the best training arc for the sole <laughs> fact that Denji and Power's brilliant plan is to start put it using their brains instead of their instincts. So they bought glasses. <laughs> Which is the funniest thing. It's so funny that they're like, we, ha we are using our brains now. We are on a whole other level. We're geniuses now buys a single pair of, like, $10 glasses with no frames. We're geniuses. Brainiacs. Nobody can stop us. I, I remember when that chapter came out, and not it, it ends with them being like, yeah, we need to get smarter. I can feel myself getting smarter already. And you can just hear the It's Always Sunny music playing <laughs> over, like, the gang gets smart. <laughs> the gang tries to jump a drunk guy. <laughs> and they almost had him too they're basically like wow you made me bleed my own blood good job and then I love it oh it's like the reaction to that whole thing is Denji going hey power going excelsior <laughs> which, which god I gotta shout out Jessica again the old timey speak for power is choice very, very choice. We'll get more to that later. Jason Douglas is fantastic as this broken drunk. And he also gets a good F-bomb or two there, too. And, okay, and I think now I think we're, we're good to talk about the girl. Oh, oh God. No, let's, let's talk. Uh, who, all right, what, who do we want to talk about first? I feel like we... Okay, that's a good question. I feel like we need to talk about Himino first. Just Yes, agreed. All right. So, where do we start before we unravel? I know she's a red flag, but red's my favorite color, so what it do, baby? Before we <laughs> talk about Makima, I know she's a red flag, but red's my favorite color, so what it do, baby? And then you're like, oh no, all of them are. She may be a red flag, but red's my favorite color, what it do? No one, no one, no one, no one in this series is dateable. Everybody, maybe, oh, maybe arrive before okay. he died. Everybody is fuckable. Nobody, almost nobody is dateable. Nobody uh, is bring mean, them home to mama. I, I, I mean, okay, I mean, I don't know, maybe if you got chlamydia therapists, like maybe, but she's kind of, but she's kind of it. As I've said before, Kobeni is not fuckable. She deserves a passionate, healthy love-making embrace. 
That's not even me being horny. That's just me being like, oh, I, I actually, yeah. There's, there's a bit, if you've read or watched Monster, there's a point you hit where it stops being about, I want these characters to have a happy ending, and just starts being, I want these characters to be alive at the last episode. Yeah. Kobene starts there. Kobene just starts the pain to stop. And unfortunately, she does not hit the finish line. Wait, hang on. We're talking about Kobeni or Himeno? Oh, we're talking about Himeno. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about Kobeni, uh, but... Yeah. I was confused. Yeah, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, for a second, I got extremely confused. No, no, sorry. I was talking about Kobeni because we brought her up. We're getting our Himino. problematic women confused. I, I also wanted Himino to make it, but that is mostly because I thought the... It was so heartbreaking to read the chapter where Himino and Denji become friends and have that immediately ripped away literally the next chapter. Like, not you don't even get to enjoy it. Immediately take it away from you. So which... Yeah, that shit is heartbreaking. Okay, there's a lot of layers for... Um... Uh, for Himeno. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the simplest one to unravel. Himeno sure. the flirt. Caitlin Barr so is very fun. good at being a flirt and also sounding really motherfucking hot. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, while, uh, while I was rewatching the show, uh, Made a few comparisons, and I think you were the one who brought up the specific comparison. Uh, we're making some comparisons to Ava characters, and I think you were the one who specifically said she is she is basically a slightly more problematic Masato. She is a even more problematic Masato, and then we were like, Masato's not that problematic. Oh wait, end of <laughs> Evangelion. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the the I think the difference is uh, what is it? Misato is problematic problematic, uh, you know, tone-slash-dramatic. Himeno is problematic, tone-slash-hilarious. If that makes sense. It is hilarious and equally tragic in that she has adopted the full-on, like, work-life... How do I describe this? You know the office, the Japanese office worker who knows this is all there is and this is all they have? Mm hmm So their entire life is just their work and the occasional socialization and a shit ton of alcohol? Mm hmm That is Himeno. She is here long enough that all she has is her work her alcohol, and maybe the occasional one-night stands. But it's never the one-night stand she actually wants. It's always the one she has to settle for, including the one with a 16-year-old boy. Which, Himeno the drunk is equally impressive, because, oh my god, just... She does a good job doing the slurs and making her sound trashy and like, oh, you, you, don't, oh, you don't even know what's going on. She sounds so plastered, but like actually plastered. Actually plastered. Like, real, like drunk real, real drunk. And you, I, okay. Fuck anybody who says, fuck this adaptation. They add the whole scene of her bringing Denji home. And her kind of just trouncing around through her entire apartment. That 
that whole scene is incredible because it shows so much about who she is, about what her environment says about her, what her how she reacts and it says about her, and just how she reacts in this environment. It's perfect. It's incredible. It's really good stuff. I cannot describe to you the fact... Okay. Do you ever bite your lip when something's like... Re- like, not just like, oh, this is for a teenage boy to find tiddly. Like, no, this is actually really mm-hmm. erotic. Mm-hmm. There's something in the way when when Himeno's just like, you want to do it? Do what? Fuck. Where I was like, oh shit! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, that was, uh, yeah, they definitely knew what they were doing there. They knew exactly what they were doing, and it's like, oh my god. And then he got saved by a lollipop. And then the next morning, after the most incredibly horny, uncomfortable, drunken, disaster, very illegal adult on minor shit, there's a shockingly adorable scene of them eating breakfast the next morning. And where she should be like, this is extremely awkward. Why are you still here? I just tried to fuck you, and I think I should be in jail for trying to fuck you. And he's like, and he's like oh, food's food. <laughs> and then they kind of make this cute pack of like, okay, if you get with Makima, Aki's gonna stop trying to fuck Makima, which means I can get with Aki. So we're gonna help each other out. And then they're like, oh, yay, we're friends now. And then that doesn't last. Nope. You, and uh, you can tell. You can tell something's about to go down. I also it's really not, need to... Sh- yeah, sorry. Like, it's not one of those tangible, the show is spelling out that Himeno is doomed. Uh, but it is just this... It is just this exi- existential, like, not in your stomach. The building dread. Wow, I'm going to make a really kind of, like, weird, like, weird, but potentially appropriate comparison. To, but bear with me here. Hit me. Uh, uh, okay, okay, this is going to sound weird, but uh, if I think about Hebo's treatment in season one, in season one, she is the May Hughes of Chainsaw Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean you're you're correct. You're exactly correct. Like no, okay. That is a lot less weird than I was expecting. Did you think I was gonna find it weird because Mace Hughes is not an older lady trying to fuck me? I think uh, I, don't uh, 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 I, I don't know why I thought I was going to be weird. Look, look, Mace Hughes is a wife guy, but he's also a dilf, and you know there are people that want to fuck Mace Hughes. Okay, okay, look, the comparison is going to be either Mace Hughes or Rengoku, but, like, Rengoku is kind of the bad way to do that, so... Gotcha. Anyways, what I wanted to shout out... Oh, sorry, sorry, you're still doing your thing. Yeah, it was... It's just one of those those scenes where it's just like they don't telegraph what's about to happen, but you just in your gut know 
This is going too well. A sh shit is about to go down. And I also how he does it. I also really need to shout out her actual dramatic chops with her flashbacks mm, with Aki. Yeah. She really cared about Aki. Genuinely so. One of my favorite moments is the moment where she realizes I care about him so much I can't watch him die. Like, there's that moment where she's just, like, literally just kind of freaking out where she's like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just like, oh, no. I really care about this suicidal idiot. I can't watch him die. And she's basically like, I would rather go first than deal with the pain of losing him. And in that regard, she gets her wish. It's painful. It's fucked up. And also, I need you to start smoking because I need somebody to talk to. It's a very Japanese businessman thing. And it's, <laughs> it's very... I also think it's extremely incredible cut... Okay, this will be my first and last cigarette. I could really use, go for a smoke right now. Is it, is it, uh, yeah, is it, yeah, to which I'm pretty sure it is. is it, yeah, it's been a, it, I mean, it's been a little bit since I reread that part of the manga, but I'm pretty sure they added a they added a little something to that scene that wasn't in the manga but feels very appropriate. To which they added an extra bit to that scene. Oh, yeah? That's a, that's a, uh, yeah, like an extra bit to that conversation where, like, uh, so, so, uh, where, like, Aki's about to take the cigarette. And then, and then she's like, like wait, are you a minor? <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, Himuno, you need to check this stuff before you jump on that. And then she so like, like, and then she says, uh, and she says, okay, I'll take it back for now, but I'll let you have it when you're ready for a good addiction. And then that's the context for the easy revenge cigarette. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't there, was it? That's actually a, a nice little addition. Mmm. Why the fuck do people say this is a bad adaptation? What the fuck are you smoking? Because they're, they're, I mean, we can talk about that, but do we want to? God. Nah. These, these, pe these people's idea of a good adaptation is so rigid and narrow that it is basically useless. And it's like... Look, there are things that the anime doesn't do as good as the manga. That is true. I think Fujimoto is kind of a master of comedic timing. There, but I put it this way: I, I think the there are definitely things the manga does better, but a lot of those are baked into the just the basic differences in what you can do in a static visual medium versus a perpetually moving visual medium. And while they are worth talking about, uh, talking about the quality of which is better is going to have a lot more to do about what you personally find interesting in that context rather than, like, it is what basically amounts to, are, is comics inherently superior to animation? It's all about presentation of the story, and this is still exactly. a very good, very strongly done presentation of the story. And speaking of presentation, hi, Makima. <laughs> Fucking Christ. So, Susie Young needed to sound, needed to do two things. She needed to be very warm, sweet, and inviting. 
and also extremely fucking terrifying. And she nails both. She uh. nails both. Makuma is such an interesting character, but I think it's very clear that she's got some stuff going on with her. And even if she is kind of like the friend and ally right now, her power is unbelievably terrifying, and they make it unbelievably terrifying. As well as her abilities to get what she wants. Where she's like, I need 30 life sentence prisoners at the highest altitude, and I need them blindfolded. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of an aside, but I will say, like, reading the... I will say reading the manga for a long time. Uh, I mean, read the manga from the beginning. When I was imagining what... Uh, when I was imagining what Makima was, uh, was going to sound like, I figured she was going to have a much deeper voice than she did in, like, other language, which so I was kind of surprised it for something softer, but... Uh, I, think I, think, it, I, I think it definitely works in both instances. I think the softness is what's supposed to kind of, like, disarm you. And I think that that's exactly what they're going for, is that the softness and the sweetness is what drags you into the honey trap. I feel like a chunk of the show doesn't work if you don't get why all these people are so into Makima. Like, what? You, you, when... I would just say no to her, you say. You absolute <laughs> fool. You absolute you, fucking moron. You, you need to, you need to be in a position where when you, there's some bit in like, it's an episode like three or four, I think, where Aki is going to meet with Makima and he's about to knock on the door and he like stops, like goes over to the window and makes sure he's looking nice. He, like, adjusts his tie. I think, I want to say he, like... Yeah, like, he, he literally, like, stops to make, to make himself, yeah. like, look more kempt. And, like, you you need to... And, like, when you hit that point, you need to exactly understand why Aki would even bother fucking to do that. And... I, I mean, I... I she's great. Oh, I mean, incredible. She, she's, she, she, does, she does a wonderful job of being so warm and inviting. And also, when she, get, when she gets off the train and says, Oh, don't worry, it's not my blood. It's like, oh, oh, I don't like this. This is bad. <laughs> oh, it's like, you are our ally, and it's like, oh, God, that's what you're able to do? Holy shit. The the, the casualness with which she says some of these. Anyways. But, yeah, also, the Yakuza guys, where she's like, hey, can you give me the names of these guys? As well as the names of everybody in the Chinese and Soviet syndicates. And he's like, are you out of your fucking mind? That's gonna cause a fucking war amongst all of the gangs. What the fuck are you? Here's a bag. Take a look inside. I'm not gonna take your money. Whatever money you're just like, oh, that's not money. Those are the eyeballs of every single person you know and love. Don't worry, they can be reattached, but only if you cooperate. And it's like, oh, oh god, that's what we're working with here. 
That's what happens when you cross Makima. What what's the coldest thing she says? Is it that or is it when after the guy quits and asks, like, did you know about this? And she just responds, I'm sorry, you're not a member of public safety anymore. I think I can't tell you that. I think that one's colder because that one's more disrespectful. Mm. Because that's like you knew that this attack was coming, didn't you? And it's like, I'm sorry. I don't speak to no bitch ass quitters. <laughs> I, I like how it's like, this guy is not going to get... Like, she's not going to off this guy. It's that the fact that he is no longer part of her agency means he means nothing to her anymore. He's not even worth it. And it's like, oh, that's 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 colder because that's an, that was a friend and a drinking collie a day ago. Uh. And God, Susie is very... Like, that's what it is. Makima is pretty, hot, charismatic, and absolutely disarming and unnerving. Mm -hmm. And Susie yeah. Young nails all of that. Mm-hmm. Does she Oof. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Babs, she really was a fantastic casting choice. Really looking forward to what she gets to do in the future, because she oh, yeah. gets oh, yeah. to do quite a bit. Same. Because boy, does the manga go places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. Do we do we have any more thoughts about any of this set of characters? Um, all I really to have to say is Susie Young did good. Very, in very intimidating Makima. Thumbs up. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten would try to stay very far away from, but <laughs> so, but but there's probably but there's probably no use doing that. And I mean, I would have more to say about the performance of Makima, but that stuff is gonna come later. That, that's that's a what we have of right now. Oh yeah, they know. She's good, 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 good job, good job. It's good. a good, good solid foundation for what's to come. Mm -hmm. And on that note, let us move to our leads. I need to talk about my idiot squad. Oh, yes. The... <laughs> I love all of these idiots. We have we have our protagonists, without whom none of this would be necessary. The three amigos! <laughs> First up, we have the man of the hour. Everyone's favorite little blonde guy. Is Denji. No last name. He has the worst life. <laughs> Science has proven it. It's terrible. Absolutely awful. Uh, but, you know, hey, he's doing better now. He has everything he could possibly need. He has a place to sleep in three square meters a day. He died and he got better. He died and got better. <laughs> but at what cost? His little buddy. His, yeah, li his, little, his little baby Borbo. His little baby Borbo. His little scribblo. Uh, who who we, we will talk about in this section. Little Puchita. Puchita. Who has who has remained the mascot for this series despite being dead after chapter one. It is it is both equally cruel and equally hilarious that like the mascot dog is there for an episode and is gone for like almost the entire rest of the series. But he's so cute and marketable. 
that like everybody knows and loves the little dog. Literally only there to be only around long enough to qualify as a mascot character and then immediately <laughs> disposed of in the most traumatic way possible. Denj Denji, whatever you do, don't make me a marketable plushie. <laughs> uh, well, I, don't, I don't think I have any say in that, buddy. <laughs> but also here, we have the the smartest of the idiots because he's, he's dumb. He's dumb in different ways. Uh, we have a Aki Hayakawa, one of about five main characters who has a last name. Uh, he is extremely serious. Uh, he is he has very little regard for his own life and safety, and he makes bad choices. But then everyone in this show makes bad choices, so that's that that just that's just par for the course. Mm -hmm. uh, and finally, everyone 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 uh, everyone get your get your horny fan art out. It's it's the lady of the hour. <laughs> it's I, power. Okay. okay. Yeah. God. Too much. There is. There is nothing funnier to me than seeing, like, a horny figure, which is power, in, like, this very tight little, like, thong that some, like, some bootleg horny figure company made. Mm. And, like, a lot- there are some people who are into that, but everybody else is like, she canonically does not wipe her own asshole. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah, to which, you know? Yeah, to which, you know, there's a lot I can, there's a lot I can be said about Mappa, and, you know, they make some very terrible business decisions, but the fact that someone there was smart enough to say, you know what we should do? We should make a figure of power on the toilet. <laughs> the fact that someone with galaxy brains enough to do that exists, like, God. well done, sir. I, I, I feel like there's, someone at Mappa at least understands that there is a subset of power fans where the fact that she is just the grossest is part of the appeal. So and and their money is just as good as anyone else's. Nothing has both broken my brain and explained every single thing about a character <laughs> quite like the discovery that the biggest influence for creating Power's character was Eric Cartman from South Park. It's so unbelievable to hear that like the 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 main girl like the shonen trio is like a very sacred template and like the main girl of the shonen trio template is based off of eric fed scott tenerman's parents to him cartman Whew. yep Uh, what times we live in. Place, I dude. love Fuji I love Fujimoto because you can always pull out some point of reference that is both decently insightful and also just vaguely cursed. It's cursed and then it's like it it makes all the sense of the world. Who plays these people? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh from the bottom, uh Puchita for all of all five lines he has. Uh, is being played by Lindsay Seidel, who is known for such roles as Gabby Braun in Attack on Titan, the final season, who apparently is a big fucking deal. I'll find that out one of these days, I guess. Uh, Ichiko R Rokujo in Kakushigoto, and Nightfall in Spy Family. Uh, Power is being played by Sarah Wiedenheft, who is Maz in Aka 13, 
Michelle Watch in Blood Blockade Battlefront, and Zende Nabatan in Listeners. Uh, Aki is being played by Reagan Murdoch, who is Mitsuki Akika in Actors Song Connection, Rufus Glenn in Mars Red, and Lenny in Takt OP Destiny. And Denji is being played by Ryan Colt Levy, who is Rubel Hulsen in Housing Complex C, uh, John H. Watson in Moriarty the Patriot, and Andro M. Jazz, and welcome to Demon School, Irmakun. Yay, you brought up Irmakun, thank you. In my, in my defense, he appears to have been in about 15 things prior to this. Maybe five of them have named roles, and this is the only one I actually recognize because I edited this episode. So, is and it, I know you like Irma Kun, so. Yeah, yeah, there's a very real chance that Andrew would have attacked you if he did not mention that character. I also, I also think it's worth mentioning because Jazz was literally his first anime role. That really? was It was his first, like, anime role. And it's worth mentioning because that was exactly, th that was like three years ago. Hmm. So in case you want a good template of, from then to now, Jazz from Irmakun was Brian's first anime role. Jesus Christ, man, good for you. Hot damn. Uh... Let's see. Since, since the most minor of minor, let's. Uh, what do you think about Lindsay's very brief performance as Pachita? I, I want to take a second to brag about the fact that literally somebody on a on like the Crunchyroll Discord was like, uh, "Who do you think would play? Who's is gonna play Pochita in the dub?" And I literally just threw out. Literally, I, I had nothing to base it off of. I was just like, "Who can sound cute?" Lindsay Seidel. And I was right. It was the first guest. It wasn't even like the third or fourth. It was literally the first name I thought out of a hat. I was like, Lindsay Seidel could be a good Pochita. And I was right. And I wanted I wanted to archive it and brag about it. Because all I can talk about is she borks good and she makes me feel oo-woo about the cute little puppy dog that basically is ready to sacrifice its life. Because Denji, Denji loves that little dog and was like, I'm going to die a miserable death. I want you to steal my body and live a happy life. Wait for the wait for the body to get buried. Then you can do what you got to do. Live your own life. Live the life I never could. And Pochita and Pochita just, like, just replies, nah, bro. Here, here's a new plan. You, you get my life. You show me your dreams. I always like to see you talk about your dreams. And it's like, oh, Yeah. Say, uh, oh, yeah, they got to make their own cute little contract. This may or may not be born later. It's so, it genuinely <laughs> is cute. And Lindsay's adorable. Bochy does such a good little fucking dork blorbo. He's a little scrimblow blimblow. Wait, is it Scrimblo or Scrunko? I'm trying to remember how I that goes. Scrimbo, I think. I think, I think, I think uh, Scrimblo Bimbo is the one I've heard. I think Scrunko might be its own. Oh, wait, no. Now. It's Scrimbo, it's Scrimblo Blimbo, your favorite Scrunko from a video, from the video game 20 years ago. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah which you definitely want in Smash Bros. over, you know, like, anime RPG sword fighter because people get really bad if you have those. It is so... 
God, every now and then you're like, man, I hate that I am so online that I understand how this <laughs> compilation of things has gotten together. Like every now and then you see one of those tweets where it's like, this is three levels, this is three levels deep, and I understand all of this, and I hate it. <laughs> the only moment where you regret your life choices. Pretty much. Really, I think all I have to say about Lindsay Seidel's Pochita is, it's great, buckle up. Yep, uh, it's, a, yeah, it's great, she gets to make nice little barking sounds, and uh, I felt sad when she gave the, she, the speech. <laughs> she is so cute. C- c- I- I've already said my piece that I think a lot of the people complain about how this is an adaptation or dumb. Like, this has 15 minutes to make you care about this dog. And God damn it, it does that. I also love his little... I love Pochita's head-empty face. When Denji is using him as a weapon, and he just has the little, like, three face on at all times. Just no thoughts, no, head-empty. No, thought, no thoughts, chainsaw burr. Precious. And, oh. and it's great that, like, when in those shots, Pochita is, like, CG and sticks out. Okay. Nope, not gonna go for it, not gonna go for it, not gonna go for it. The CG in this anime is fucking fine, you people need to shut up. Okay, <laughs> never mind, I went for it. <laughs> in your defense, you are correct. You are very correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Shall we talk about power? I, I was actually going to debate if we should go to power or Aki next. I feel like there's an argument for either or. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say within the I would say within this batch of episodes, Aki has slightly more to do. So fair enough. But also, holy fucking shit, Sarah Weedenhef! Oh my god! Yeah. So like, we are no stranger to to talk about Sarah Weedenhef. I think one of shit. One of the first anime roles Sarah Weedenhef like got that in a, like a major way was a Mike McFarland dub, and it was a little it was a little show called Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash. Which sup, uh, Patrick and Jet? Which may or may not be important to the history of this podcast. May or may not be important <laughs> to the history of this podcast. So yeah, and that was like six, seven years ago. Oh my god, that was what is time. Fuck me. Anyways, what I'm saying is we've been following Sarah Weedenhef's career pretty closely for the the early parts of this podcast. Back when we were in double digits instead of triple. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like a career-defining performance. It's... It's not only just that Sarah Weedenhef is good at playing gremlins. Like, Sarah Weedenhef is very good at playing anime gremlin. Which, you're aware of what they sound like. They they maybe have, like, funny teeth and funny mouths and all that. But they're kind of like little chaotic beings and kind of little shit kids. But also sometimes maybe in, like, that kind of uwu anime way that's still, like, you could call her a waifu, and it's marketable plushies and figures and all that. You, you, you know what? You know where I'm going at with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Power, 
is like 50% the royal we ye oldie spelled O-L-D-E time like speak in the body of like your shitty your like shitty sister that like steals all your stuff and blames you for everything and is like bored and will sometimes fucking wrestle you and call you a bitch. Is it uh, say, uh, say, uh, yeah 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 to which yeah yeah to which I mean we already I already made we already made one image joke tonight. I'm not gonna make another one. Like I feel like power. Okay, I know uh, that uh, Eric Harvey was a specific influence, but I also kind of feel like Fujimoto went. He took a look at Asuka and said, "What if I made Asuka, but I made her as uh, literally unmarkable as humanly possible?" <laughs> the the irony of making something so unmarketable is to make it even more marketable in reverse. What if what if what if the Sundari was just soon? I don't even no think I don't. Okay, power's not a fucking Sundari. <laughs> no, no, that's my point. What if there's no dairy? It's just soon. She's just aggressive and hateful. I think, it's, like that's what I, I don't mean. know if I'm using the, the, I the words correctly, I think, but you get what I mean. I think you were in fact using those very incorrectly. What what you're getting at is, oh no, she is not she is not like a secret. Power cannot hide her feelings because power cannot hide her feelings. Everything she fe she thinks everything she says, and she says everything she thinks, and she does everything she feels like doing. I I know I know the the mimetic shirt for her to wear is that like seventy eight point one shirt or whatever, but the real one she should be wearing all the time is one that just says "What you see is what you get." There's no, there's no subtext to power. She just she's that. I feel she's like power all the time. I feel like power would uh, you know those really edgy Vegeta knockoff t-shirts where it's like <laughs> there's only one place in hell for me and it's called a throne. Power would wear those fucking shirts. She would love those shirts. She would fucking love those shirts. But I think that's the thing I love is that power is like it's old I don't you know what I mean where it's like old timey speak where it's like Hark! It's that it's that thing you see where like the pretentious uh, Chuni kid tries to talk fancy. Oh my god! It is. Th it's like the Chuni kid, but it, it's like I believe she is probably actually that old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funnier if she just. Oh sorry. god! I was gonna. Oh god! Power. Is <laughs> oh no! I don't. Yes, let's go with it. Fuck it. P yeah, power yeah, power is like all those people who are into those like thousand year old lollies that look like they're like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like, you're just because you're correct doesn't mean you're right. <laughs> but it's also like oh, oh you're a fucking. She's a menace. She is actually a menace. She's actually mean and terrible and like. Kind of a bitchy asshole. It's 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 really yeah it's really amazing that she's actually not introduced and at one point Denji just simply says oh man like she's like she's terrible and racist. Like there's literally a moment where like Himeno's filling in Denji where it's like okay 
So everybody is broken. Aki's on the verge of bro breaking. And power is... And then she goes on a whole thing where it's like, I've come up with a genius idea. What I'm going to do is I'm going to kill the Prime Minister. And I'm going to become the Prime Minister. And then I'm going to induce a 100% sales tax on every single citizen in Japan. And rule the world. And he's just like, oh no, she's always like that. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Is it add to, add to it? Yeah, to which uh, Pirate gets a lot of funny moments in the show. Is that, but I do appreciate that Sarah does get to dial it back a bit for once. For Power is one moment that is kind of close to something human when she's uh, when she's talking about Matt Meowie and like I, the whole relationship she formed with her. I love every single thing about her relationship with Meowie. I love every single thing about how that is presented. It is genuinely cute, genuinely sweet. Like they, they, they literally show her as like a violent animal where she's just like literally just decapitating animals and drinking their blood. And then she just kind of sees like this scrawny, sickly cat. And she's like, I mean, I could eat you, but like, you're like a toothpick. This is uncomfortable. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fatten you up, and then you'll be a nice, juicy meal. And then you see, like, the sickly little stray cat become, like, a big, chunky, fluffy boy that's just actually, like, loafing on top of her with, like, love and affection. And she's just like, huh, it's so strange to hear a pleasant voice that isn't screaming. What is this feeling? And it's like, oh, you fell in love, you stupid bitch. You fucking fool. You fell in love, you idiot. It's a genuinely sweet, touching moment. It works. Because it makes power... F what makes power work is that she is a bitchy, humanish, asshole, selfish monster. And that is the most human thing, is that she falls in love with a cat. It's perfect. It's incredible. It's good drama, and it's just very, very funny. And she just has incredibly funny lines and deliveries. I love how it's like, literally before the most tragic thing to happen in the series, they're just eating ramen, and she's like, Speak, harlot! Did you or Denji copulate last night or not? Yeah, uh, yeah, to which, uh, yeah, to which, uh, that is back to a slightly different conversation around the show's direction. We're talking, we're talking before about like how the show knows how to do, how to like do good delusion. To which, uh, yeah, to which the best example of this is, uh, is, is the bit with power, is the bit with power where Deji finally gets his wish, versus the scene that follows that with Makima. Oh god, the power thing yeah. is so nothing. And even one of those is like a fake out where she's like, oh yeah, I wore a pad because I thought it'd make my boobs look bigger. That's one! And then he does it twice and then he's like, ah! Was that not incredible? Was that not the most amazing thing you've ever seen and felt? I'm glad I blew your mind. I bid you goodnight. <laughs> I also just... Denji and Power are shit kid siblings. And I love that immensely. 
I, I love their, the fact that they are genuinely assholes to each other. Like, she, at one point, she'll, Power will be like, Yes, let us kill Denji and feed him to that god! Okay. Hey, you wanna wrestle? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're that rare but really good example of, like, good platonic male females that, you know, get a lot in these kind of comics. Genuinely so! I'd actually be like, oh... Yeah, you two are fun and adorable together in a charming, fun way. And a lot of that Sarah's delivery is just absolutely incredible. Which, honestly, this conversation about Denji and Power being shit kid siblings is perfect to segue into Aki. There's something I want to say about Aki before we talk about everything else going on with Aki. Mm-hmm. There's this tweet I read a long time ago that says, Any guy can become a baby girl. Only a real man can be a single mother. <laughs> and that is Aki Hayakawa taking care of both Denji and Power. I can't disagree with that. Yeah. I, I want to lead into that joke because there's a lot to talk about with Aki and especially Ray, Reagan Murdoch in particular, which I feel was like, I, I was so excited to see Reagan because I really liked his role in Mars Red where he played like an Irish vampire. <laughs> but like, I was like, ooh, I want to actually see what he can do with something like this. Like, this is going to be a breakout for him and I'm very excited, happy to see what they what they did. So, Ahmad, I remember we were talking way back when, where mm -hmm. it's like, there are some people who thought Aki sounded a lot deeper than they were expecting him to sound. Mm -hmm. And I think you mentioned there were people you knew who don't really give a shit about this whole subs versus dubs thing, and were like, I actually really prefer how Aki sounds. I believe I, this man is a smoker. Yes, uh, I, I. This is no shade against uh, Daki's Japanese actor. He is very good, but he is a seiyu. That man does not smoke. He doesn't sound like he smokes. And strictly speaking, Reagan doesn't sound like a smoker either. But there is a gruffness to his voice where it's like, yeah, this is definitely a guy who like smokes. Yeah, there's definitely like, there's there some plausible deniability there. There, there is there is a roughness to his voice that I think works really, really well for Aki. Uh, and, like, my friend, again, like, they, they're, I do not think they're against dubs, but, like, generally speaking, they will just watch things in Japanese, because, if nothing else, that is often what is available and when it's first airing. Um, but they, they really enjoyed Reagan's performance. I, I believe specifically they watched a clip of the bit where he has uh, beat up Denji in the alley and is, like, explained to him. It's like, just leave now, you fucking loser. And then, like, chucks the cigarette on him and then spits it out. Oh, it's it's incredibly disrespectful. It's like... And then... Gets stomped in the nuts. He gets... He gets kicked and stomped in the nuts. That was, that was the moment I knew I was going to like Chainsaw Man. Just because... At least as long as I've been reading things in Jump, I'm like... Jump protagonists don't kick people in the balls. That's not a thing they do. It's it is they a are. non. It is a. It's not noble. 
it's not honorable, it's not cool, and it's like, Denji doesn't care. He grew up on the streets with not a penny to his name, working for the mafia. He doesn't the give most, a shit. The most, like, juvenile delinquity protagonists I can think of that from that I've read in Jump are, like, Yusuke and Ichigo, and it's like, they wouldn't kick someone in the balls. It's like, they, they, they are punks with a moral compass. Uh, okay, no, Yusuke, Yusuke definitely would. Ichigo, I don't think so. He always that Yusuke would, but he wouldn't, His he has more, he has too much, he wouldn't only kick them in the balls. I, Josuke like, would only kick you in the balls. some level of pride. Josuke wouldn't kick anybody in the balls. He would kick Rohan Kishibe in the balls. Well, Rohan deserves it, so that's fine. <laughs> God. God. Have you ever watched Diamond is Unbreakable? No, I have not. I have not seen any part of JoJo's that has Rohan in it. All I know is the joke seems to be that Rohan is Araki's obvious self-insert, and he seems to suck on purpose, he, which he, feels like a joke that Rocky is making for us, the audience. Uh, God, Rohan is such a selfish asshole. Like, it's great, and he hates Josuke so much. <laughs> there, there is literally a part in Diamond Unbreakable where it's like. His house is literally burning down, and it's like, I don't care about that! I need to know how Josuke is cheating me in this gambling game! <laughs> God damn it. Anyways. Uh, uh, so Aki! I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a question for you. I have a potential answer? Uh, conceptually... If uh, if Reagan, you know how they make those CDs that are like your 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 fake mean boyfriend who says things to you. Fake me? What? Have you seen these? Yeah, they're like I've seen them. They're like uh, it's just like it's a dialogue CD of like kind of like half a conversation of someone like talking to you. It's a thing. Uh, they're like they're sort of like ASMR stuff, basically. I was gonna say I I understood the concept of like an ASMR video, and you mentioned it being a CD, and it's like oh god. That's yeah. the that's the generational gap right now, isn't it? I think they're probably mostly online now. Anyways, anyways, if Reagan made one of these, do you think he'd make a million dollars or a billion dollars? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> he'd probably make it. That's an interesting. I can't. I can't. I can't fathom the number of people who probably want to have sex with Reagan's voice after the show. <laughs> <laughs> He is, I, I mean I mean this in the most complimentary way possible. I cannot think of a better voice for Aki, just period. Like, no, that is how he should sound. <gasps> oh, I was not expecting you to be like, oh god, his voice sounds so fucking hot. If if Aki is your type, I like like I that feels like the bow on top of like oh no. <laughs> It's not the bow on top, it's the top knot on top. <laughs> okay, exactly. okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. It's not quite it's not quite Keith David levels of that, but it is very close. Like it's 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 good. <laughs> it's very got good. this right level of gruffness while also just the correct amount of dad is not getting paid enough to deal with your horseshit. I think the thing I like most about it is um like he plays Aki as so calm, cool, collected, and competent. But the longer he spends with those two idiots, the more he realizes they're stealing his brain cells. Aki is the one that holds the brain cell, but I think I think that's what makes their whole dynamic work, especially the se the end of season one. Yeah, is mm -hmm. Aki realizing 
What's the point of being high and mighty? What's the point of acting like I am better than you? Fuck it. Shit sucks. Everybody's gonna die. I'm gonna kick a dude in the nuts with you. I better pop one before you do. Uh, uh, yeah, Twitch again. Uh, Twitch again. Slightly unrelated tangent, but I really do want to talk about this because... As a, because something the anime was, like, literally under no obligation to do whatsoever. Like, literally couldn't have, could have not done this at all, but they did it anyway for some reason. Are you talking about the scene of his routine? Silent, yeah, the entire silent routine. The entire time it's, it's perfect. It's incredible. That's it's so much minutes of characters doing things silently while showing off the place they live and the life they live is mise en scene and characterization without even saying anything about them. You know Aki's routine. You know Himino's drunken shit routine. Without, it adds so much. And somebody's going to be like, oh, that's filler. Suck my fucking dick! Character. Builds character. Establishes. Ugh. There's, more, uh, there's more to anime than just recreating the exact paneling of the comic you read six months ago. It's like if I wanted that, I would just read the fucking manga. Ugh. Some people. Reagan Murdoch. I'm so happy to see him as Aki, because he's got the right level of, like, gruff. I like that he's gruff and tries to seem cool and mature, but I think the thing that makes Aki work is that he's also petty. He's petty and childish sometimes. Oh, you mean, you mean like, you mean, like, his best, maybe his best moment in the show? Are, yes, I genuinely think, like, my favorite moment with Aki as a character is his flashback with Himeno, and one of his partner's girlfriends slaps the shit out of her and walks away. And he's like, yeah, and she's like, yeah, scorned lovers come to me and take it out on me because they can't take it out on anybody else. And he's, like, mad. He, like, walks away... And he's like, so I went up to her, I stuck gum on her clothes. She's going to walk around her whole day, and she's not going to realize that I stuck gum on her clothes, and she's going to have a bad time. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. That, to me, is the difference of, like, somebody thinking Aki Hayakawa is the Sasuke Uchiha. He is meant to be that template... But that is the scene where it's like, oh no. This is a different character. And I love this character. This broken, pathetic, piece of shit of a man chasing a dream he literally knows he'll never get and will kill him. Because he has nothing else. Learning to find joy and solace in just the little things. And Reagan Murdoch is a inspired choice for a character like Aki. I'm really, really pleasantly surprised by this. Absolutely deserves to be in more anime after this. Holy shit. They better. Yeah. 
Considering my only reference to him, too, was the Irish vampire, which is like, I'm pretty sure that's not his actual voice now. Yeah. Yeah, no, he sounds great. He's fucking great. This is great. Nice. This, 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 this is a career-making role. Good for him. Speaking of which... So here's a question. Here's an answer. What was the most high-profile thing Ryan had been in prior to this? I would probably My Hero say Academia World Hero Macoon or the no, no, no. Academia movie. It it is gonna, My Hero Academia World Heroes Hero. mission straight up. I I love Irama. I'm not going to sit here and lie to your face and say it's a bigger deal than My Hero Academia. No, I I it wouldn't was. say that either, but at the same time, like it is probably the role he has done the longest as an anime voice actor consistently mm. long. Fair enough. Um it is definitely uh, Rhodey Soul prior to uh, prior to Chainsaw Man. Cool. Way to fucking go, Ryan. Not only is this kind of incredible, this is kind of one of those stories where it's like... Everybody kind of tells you where it's like the dream role is kind of the impossible, unreachable dream, and it's like it's so good and you'll never get it. This appears to have been that dream role. And god fucking damn it. Ryan Colt Levy as Denji. I do not think there is anything bad I could say about this performance. In the slightest. Every every one of these other ones where it's like I could try. I could maybe find a little bit of a nitpick if I was being that guy. There's nothing wrong I can find in Ryan Colt Levy's performance as Denji. It has everything it needs. It has the kind of broken kid that came from nothing. Learning to be a person. Learning his own self-worth. While also being a weird, strange, broken kid dealing with all these emotions. He's a shit punk with a heart of gold. Well, actually, it's a heart made of chainsaw dog, but that's a side of the point. Um, and also, feral, monstrous, like, feral, cackling, laughter, violence. It is compelling drama, it is compelling comedy, and it is compelling fucking dope-ass action. It is the whole package. Mm -hmm. Yep. More than anything, I'm so glad that Crunchyroll let Mike McFarlane open the auditions for Chainsaw Man. Because this is the perfect role. This is the perfect role. And it, and like I said, I I really liked Ryan when I first heard him in Irma-kun. I really liked him popping up in a bunch of other anime stuff. I'd be like, oh, hey, yeah, Ryan's getting some stuff. Cool. Oh, he's in that Moriarty thing. I really liked that, too. When Ste I was going to watch that for like a... I was going to watch like two, three episodes, and then Steph joined me, and it's like, oh, I watched all season one. Okay, cool. I like Ryan Colt Levy, the stuff he's been doing... He's in. He's in fate. He's in all the things now. He's in. God, I'm just. Gonna, I'm just gonna pull up uh, the stuff. But God, 
Actually, you know what? Somebody else should t take. I'm, I'm gonna keep rambling. Somebody else talk. The two best seconds in an anime dub the season Chainsaw Man came out was when uh, Denji and uh, Himino are talking on her balcony, having breakfast, and uh, she says something like, I, I don't I don't quite remember the setup, is it's something like, oh, do you think you really have a chance with Makima? And he says, yes. And it's like, that was beautiful. <laughs> that it was, was so... Prior to the yeah, official yeah, casting... I, yeah, I think I... Yeah, I think I have literally seen at least a couple of people who were like literally inspired to watch the dub just by seeing that scene. Yeah. Like, prior oh. to, prior to the, sorry, continue. I just wanted to say while I was looking up other roles that Ryan has done, I wanted to let you know that there is an episode of Pop Team Epic season two where both Ryan Colt Levy and Reagan Murdoch were Popico and peeping me. Ah. Yeah. Beautiful. Just incredible. Wonderful. Prior to the official casting announced, I'm sure we all had our little discussions about who would we cast. And there are plenty of good people were suggested for Denji. People who I, I have no doubt in my mind they would have turned in a wonderful job. Now that we are here, I, I can't fathom anyone else playing this character. Yeah. I he's it is it 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 approaches I, I have I've heard a thing a music critic I like talk about where sometimes you encounter a song that is almost hard to talk about that it, because it is so perfect it almost becomes not like actually boring but it almost becomes boring just because like I don't know what to say about it. it it's it's it. it's not that it's boring it's that it's a boring discussion because at some point it's like you want the nuance or the complicated there's this and that it's like what do you need me to say it's like it, it it's triple S tier status is so self evident that anything I would say would simply be idiotic and redundant like look yeah. at it. I think the incredible thing is it's also one I don't think I even ever considered. That's what's so beautiful about it. Like, was he... I don't think he was ever in the... At least in our our like in our little friend group, I don't think he was ever in the discussion. I don't think he was on anyone's radar. Like, I was... This. Like, I, I was... He has come out, and it's like, you are literally the perfect actor to play this role. Thank like you. Like, I was making Dallas and Texas... I was making Dallas and California predictions about who I thought could play who or what. I never considered Ryan for Denji. It, and it's just... Heart and soul went into this. And you can tell it's a big moment. And... Yeah. Absolutely fucking phenomenal work it's funny he gets so many good the delivery like the script is great but so is his delivery on a bunch of the feral unhinged shit that denji says throughout the entirety of the show but equally being heartbreaking okay i'm just gonna find some of the lines i wrote it's nuts or nothing is incredible Dude, that's me when he says, uh, when, when she says he's into, she's into Denji type boys. And he's just like, dude, that's me. <laughs> I, I also need to shout out after he beat the shit up out of Hayakawa, a testicle devil appeared and went ape shit on his nuts, ma'am. What other good lines did I get down here? Uh, also, one of the more genuine, uh, interesting, dramatic moments is, like, when everybody's saying his dream is full of shit because everybody's got, he's, like, got revenge or, like, is doing it for their family and he just wants to uh, touch some tits. He's like, revenge this, save my family that, you all think you're hot shit because you have big goals, don't you? 
And it's just like, sometimes it's just a simple thing. So, so, yeah, so, yeah, I think the whole, like, dream battle, like, why the whole dream battle speech specifically was like... Is it, uh, I, I, mean, Ryan, I mean, Ryan had a very clear handle on the character, like, even before then. But if that, but if that was where it's like, yeah, there's like... I literally can't imagine anyone else playing Nindy now. Yeah, I can't. I can't. It, it's... <laughs> oh, also, here's another good one. You ran like a little bitch, so no apples for you. <laughs> which I like that just incredible scene, which that... Aki's in the hospital, and they are there to annoy him and steal his fruit. And then he's like, I'm not heartless. Leaves him one apple, takes the basket. My, my, my favorite part of that is the follow-up where he's like, you, you find out that while Aki is having his breakdown, Denji's just standing outside the door. It's like, oh shit, I went to go get my manga, but he's crying. I can't walk in now. And he's kind of, <laughs> I like how Denji's kind of at this point right now where he's having like a crisis. And he's like, oh god, am I not human? Did I lose something when I became a chainsaw man? Eh, I'm not gonna worry about it right now. There is something consistently funny about, like, Denji is so just emotionally underdeveloped that it's kind of, it kind of, it kind of works in his favor. It's like he literally, like, literally Aki's, like, telling him, Are, how dare you not take this seriously? Would you be friends with the devil? Yeah. Because I don't have any friends. And he's just kind of like stunned. He's like, oh. I I, I like the lead up to that where I, I think it's the big, earlier in that scene, like, Aki is like, oh, didn't you go to school? And he's like, no. And like, Aki clears a moment of like, that was not, like, he wasn't expecting him to be like, no, I've never been to school. And it's like, all right. He's an extremely honest and earnest person, even if he is a chaotic, violent, horny mess. I will say this. I also really like the 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 fight with him and the samurai sword guy, where he's like telling he's like focusing in on his head, and he's like, "Ah, uh, you were focusing on my head. Should have gone for the legs, sucker." <laughs> and he does the cool reveal where he's got chainsaw legs too. Great. This is great. So, is it, is it, yeah, yeah, I think my favorite part of the movie is that he even does it. Is that he, that, it's not even that he says sucker. He says sucker. <laughs> yeah. Sucker. Sucker, yeah. He's, he's such a street punk. It's so wonderful. I also, I also see people that are like, why do you like Denji if he's just like this horny, pervy protagonist when you talk about how much you hate horny, pervy protagonists? Okay, well, you see, unlike a certain great boy, uh, Denji understands consent. He does. I think he does genuinely understand that it is boundaries, but also he kind of is learning about that. Like, I I think it's that like he's weird and horny, but he's also very clearly not like exaggerated anime horny. Which it's like you know what that looks like. You've watched this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To which the yeah, to which I appreciate how like in his introduction when when he's like chatting with Bojita, and he's talking about like what it would be like to have like a girl over in his place. He's not even talking about like oh man, I'm gonna like. He's not even talking like oh, I'm ever gonna burn so hard. It's like no. He wants to play video games and cuddle. Like the the funny thing about him is that his horniness is like weirdly innocent. It's like. 
His dream, his dream isn't even to get laid, it's just to get to second base. Pretty much. Like, he can't conceive of anything more intimate than just feeling up a pretty lady. It It's horny in, like, the most Catholic way. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like he's just gone through puberty and he doesn't have a bigger conception of what his brain's trying to tell him. So it's just, like, the most, like, basic surface level thing because he can't conceive of anything deeper than that. The entirety of the show is effectively watching a man who literally had nothing and was basically satisfied with scraps. Learning that he could be a person and have, and want more. You're allowed to want things, Denji. You are allowed to want. Like, his dreams are basically so simple and achievable, he gets them by, like, the first three or four episodes. That's why he has a crisis when he's like, I touched a boob. What the fuck else is there now? It, it Eternally thinking about that theory from early in the manga's run, where people are like, is this series going to be about Denji, like, slowly ascending Maslov's hierarchy of needs? Just because he didn't understand there was another level to go up to until now? Jeez. Christ. But, yeah, no, I... As been said, like, I think this entire trio... This... This this is a fucking family. This is a motherfucking family. It's, uh, it's, oh, uh, it's, oh, uh, Patrick, did you have anything you want to add? I noticed you've been quiet for a while now. Well, I mean... Denji, for all intents and purposes, is a really complicated character even beyond like a lot of his stuff is a facade he's a simple kid but it's also just like he's figuring things out as he goes and i i really like that about about the show and ryan colt levy actually does a really good job with that um not only sort of the naive kid portions of it but the like, the bestial chainsaw man voice, the... The just being a dumb teenager as well. And if I recall correctly, there was the scene in which he barked, and that was that was great. That was funny. Yep. So I, he gets I really the assignment. Have, I really don't have much in the way of notes for Denji, because... Buckle up. All I can say is he did a really good job. It's a great foundation for what's to come. As I've said for a few characters before, buckle up. Yeah, Ryan's perfect. Absolutely perfect. This is a fucking good dub, guys. Oh my god, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Do we, uh, do, we, do we have any final thoughts that we haven't said yet? Chainsaw Man. It's, yes, uh, it's, it's, it's good. Show. The controversial opinion is, hey, the Chainsaw Man is good. <laughs> the anime is good. The dub is good. Is good. They did a good job. So, yeah, is, uh, yeah, is very good. Great, dub, uh, a great adaptation, even if people are being extremely annoyed about it. Because, like, look, how... Because, like, look, I'll be honest, because, like, it's not even like I've been, like, I mean, it's not even like I tried to hide it, like, I enjoy Chainsaw Man, but there, but there was a point where I kind of struggled to kind of get what it was going for. And in the early chapters, yeah. which this is the early chapters, I could get that. So, 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 yeah, so, yeah, so I can safely say that, like, revisiting with the anime, like, 
It, so I don't want to say the anime is unlike a lot to quote unquote elevate the material because a lot of it was. It makes you appreciate good, it more. But, so, so, but so, yeah, but they definitely, they definitely have, do have a deeper appreciation of it with the way the anime executes, executes on a lot of it, especially a lot of the stuff with uh, Den, the early part of Denji's character and the, especially a lot of the extra stuff with Himeno. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like, you can tell they really like Himeno a lot. So. Oh my god, the people animating those scenes were doing it with one hand, and it's like, they I can't even blame you. Doing. But yeah, it's just... It's just it's, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like it, it's the whole thing you were talking about with Ryan before where it's like what more can you say without it just being repetitive because like no they they everybody in attached to this the cast the crew the mixers the editors like they knew the assignment they studied and they aced it really really did and more than anything, I applaud the fact that, like, they took chances and they kind of... They basically just conceded and let Mike do the things he wanted to do. Like, it's frustrating that, like, not a lot of the directors still get that freedom. But it just sounds like if you let them do how they want to do it, they can make some damn good stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a comment about creative freedom here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like this show in general is is perhaps, uh, especially during a period where I think there is a... Anime has gotten so big globally, there is a general desire on the business end to play it safe all the time. Chainsaw Man, on all fronts, feels like a good example. They're like, no, if you let the people you trust do what they want to do, they will make something good and people will flock to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, this is probably one of the the single most consistently well-constructed dubs of the, the post-merger Crunchyroll era. Hmm. They did a damn good job. Mm-hmm. I, uh... When I, when I started reading Chainsaw Man, I liked it a lot. And kind of assumed it would probably run for about, like, two or three volumes worth of chapters and then immediately get canned for being too weird and insular for certainly the kind of mainstream audience you need to get to survive and jump. Yeah, I've made this comment before, but it is honestly true. Like, the weird thing about, like, if you've read enough Jump, you will realize the weird thing about Chainsaw Man is not, oh man, I can't believe something like that ran a Jump. Like, no, stuff, stuff like that runs a Jump all the time. Is it like stuff, stuff like that just normally doesn't survive a jump? It's 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 not the weird thing is not not that it ran and jump. It's that it not only survived. It's that it became a monster fucking hit. Yes, it's I, this seed solid, but like its its success continues to confuse me. If for no other reason that I am not used to things that feel like they are made for like me and a handful of other weirdos who care about like like, sort of, like, art trash European cinema and stuff with a lot of, like, violence and gore in it. Like, that, this, this stuff is not commercially successful. That's the thing it that impressed... Often on purpose, it is not commercially successful. That's the and thing that... It, yeah, sorry. Uh-huh. No, 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 I was no. gonna say, that's the thing that's amazing to me about Chainsaw Man. Never have I ever seen the art house manga auteur type peoples. Like, the types of people who read Vagabond and Goodnight Pun Pun and consider those, like, the manga masterpieces 
that, like, are so hard and, like, dense to digest. As well as the big shonen diehards where it's like, yo, Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen is all that shit is my favorite anime and all that. And it the same... Never do you see those people overlap on anything. But for Chainsaw Man, they do. That, to me, is the most amazing thing to me. Is that you get the crazy art house people, and you get the crazy, like, shonen popcorn fans on the same page. And that page is revving like a motherfucking chainsaw. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's... It's it's amazing that something that feels like it was never made to appeal to anyone other than the author drawing it has gotten this much success. I'm not complaining. I just I don't know what to do with this information. It feels like I'm being tricked. You're you you feel like you're being punked right now. That the weird niche thing that only should be you for you is the hottest, most mainstream thing in the world. It's like if I woke up tomorrow and it turns out, oh, joke's on you. You know that Nicolas Cage movie, Mandy? That was actually the most financially successful movie of that year. And Mandy Mania is swaying the world. It's like, that can't possibly be true. You're fucking with me, aren't you? <laughs> it's like, that's that's an obvious lie. Who do you think you're trying to fool? And yet somehow, it is true. Uh, anyways, this, this anime is amazing. I can't believe it exists in the way it does. I can't believe this dub exists in the way it does. This all this all feels like it shouldn't have happened, and here we are. Huzzah. Amazing. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our very long episode. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to listen to more of us, uh, we are Dub Talk. Uh, you're probably listening to us on YouTube, where obviously you can find more of us here on our channel. Don't fall off the desk microphone. We're almost done. Uh, you can also find us on Podbean for the audio version. Uh, which uh, is dispersed to various other uh, podcast catchers, so you can check us out there. Uh, we also uh, have a Kofi and a Patreon. The Kofi for if you want to make a little one-time donation, and the Patreon if you'd like to support us more regularly. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, and if you would like to do that, uh, you uh, can get yourself a little shout-out on the show, like this. Uh, thank you for our $5 tiers, Megan and Mom's Dad, Michelle Travis, Julia W., and Victor Mayberoda. And thank you to our $10 tiers, Anthony Brown, Carly Lestikow, Crimson Echidna, Jack- Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Marissa Lenti, and Otako Anthony. If you'd like to watch the dub of Chainsaw Man, it is currently available, at least in the U.S., on Crunchyroll, and as of, I think, this week, on Hulu. So I watched the first couple of episodes on Hulu. It is unbelievably funny that that has the Funimation production card at the start of it. Business yep. is weird, man. <laughs> like fucking it's it's so funny it's apparently like that on like the microsoft digital downloads of it too that's so wacky i think it also does it with blue lock but i i can't remember i've got them i i bought them digitally because reasons legal stuff uh gentlemen where can people find you on the internet um Hi, my name is Andrew, a.k.a. Classy Spartan. You can find me over on Twitter at MangaMan9000, and you can follow other things I do, including Surreal Resolutions Anime Podcast ONA, where we talk about the latest in anime news alongside my dub talk co-host, Jet. Oh, yeah, that's me. Uh, I'm Jet. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at DivineNega. I will uh, usually uh, be uh, ranting about uh, anime or cartoons or like something 
And whenever I'm not doing that, I'm also on the Resolutions podcast every day, and sometimes I write things for websites like uh, Anime News Network. Hey. Alright, I'm Patrick, a.k.a. Roots of Justice. You can find me on the Twitter.com, at Roots of Justice, mainly retweaking animal pics. Talk general fandom, it's a good time, you should come see me. Um, Mad God review coming soon, I'm... I really... I'm struggling to figure out a way to actually write it, because that movie doesn't have very much of a cohesiveness to it, but when I figure it out, I'll post it, you'll read it, you'll like it. Um, How much do you vibe with clay horror? So, at the end of episodes, I typically do a Patrick's School thing of the day. Tonight, it's not going to be mo a movie. It will be movies. Um, today, I would like to suggest, in kind of a fitting parallel to Chainsaw Man, um, the collective works of one Quentin Depew, um, a very weird French director who makes very weird French-style movies. Um, you may recognize him as the director of that film about the tire that comes to life and blows people's heads up. What? Oh, Rubber. Um, what? Yeah, it's a movie called Rubber. I, 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 I don't know why it was so hard to follow. He told you what the movie's about. <laughs> but in particular, um, my, my dad has turned me back onto his films because he did a bunch of them in the last, like, three years, and they are fucking weird and like spectacular um there's one called mandibles in which a couple of guys find like a dog-sized fly in their car and they decide to train it and make money off of it that's beautiful there's one of them is about trying to find the perfect groan for like a pain scene in a movie um and and watch <laughs> And watch the trailer for his latest that's making the film festival circuit. Smoking Causes Coughing. Uh, it's a parody of tokusatsu films, and I I shit you not, it is one of the funniest things I have seen in some time. Um, I don't know if Smoking Causes Coughing has a distributor yet in the U.S. Um, and a lot of his other films are basically scattered to the four winds. I think a couple are on Hulu, a couple are on Amazon... But, like, he is a director worth seeking out, and his films are great. So, I am recommending the films of Quentin Dupieux. Do it, kids. It's good for you. Get some more cinema in your diet. Uh, my name is Amon. You can find me on Twitter at AmonDuelUS. I talk about uh, movies and music and comic books and various other crap. Uh... I usually do a dusty old song. It was really hard for this episode. I have a lot of emotions about Chainsaw Man. <laughs> it was hard to narrow it down. Uh, initially, the first thing that came to mind was Chainsaw by the Ramones, which is a very nice song. But that's like a B-tier Ramones song. You want an A-tier Ramones song. Uh, although, frankly, it occurred to me that the first Ramones album might be a good pick because uh, I feel like any album that can have both beat on the brat about beating up some shitty asshole you don't like and also a song that is just Joey Ramone going, hey, I want to be your boyfriend, and it's actually kind of cute and innocent. Like, yeah, that sounds like Chainsaw Man, all right? Um, but uh, I decided to go something a little more thematically true, which is the song uh, $40 by the Twilight Singers. Uh, it doesn't literally match it very well. I'm pretty sure that song's about selling drugs. Uh, but it Makes has sense. a sort of sad, 
debauched, uh, but hopeful feeling about it, and also it also directly compares its protagonist to a dog, which felt on point for the show. Oh, that is extremely on point. That's funny. Ma mangy dog without a collar feels like a very dingy appropriate lyric. Um, so yeah, check that out. But also, I have a surprise for you. Uh, if you go down into the description, you will find links to a Spotify and a YouTube playlist uh, that I am basically just calling uh, the best of 1997. 1997 is the year that Chainsaw Man is set, so I've compiled a playlist of just ni nice music from that year. Fun fact, 1997 was a good year. OK Computer came out that year. The first Daft Punk album came out that year. A bunch of other really cool shit came out that year. Holy shit. So uh, I will I will try and throw that together, and hopefully it will not necessarily be in its current state of uh, ten hours of unorganized music. Hopefully it'll be like nine hours of organized music or something like that. I'm told uh, 1997 was cool. I was a literal baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was eight at the time, I believe. Um, so I wasn't listening to any of this except like the the pop radio stuff, like the Mighty Mighty Boston's, but still. Anyway, so uh, give that a listen. It'll be good for you. Uh, and with that, uh, thank you for indulging us. And, thank you. And uh, be sure to uh, come back in a couple of years where if uh, MAPPA make good on their threat to adapt everything Fujimoto has ever made, I will be leading some poor saps through the <laughs> adaptation of Fire Punch, a series that no one except me will enjoy, and I will have so much fun. God, the f I, I read the first chapter of that, and that was like, oh my god, what the fuck? That's I the, look forward to going stop. through that slog with you. It doesn't stop. It does. It has the dumbest motivation I have ever read in a book, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I look I forward look to the point I take a look time back when movie. Don't look back. It's adapted, and we all have a cry. Oh Christ, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, this has been a ton of fun. Thanks, thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. Rock over Boston, rock on Chicago. Good night, guys. Good night, and otaku on. Otaku on, that deba. Otaku on. <laughs>